G'day champions of chaos, AOS coach here, and we are talking slaves to darkness. If you notice that I've got the same clothes on, I, it's because I've done two episodes. <laughs> like on this, I've done two shows today. I, I'm losing the plot. Uh, I did a Skaven video earlier this morning, and uh, just for consistency, I thought I'd put on the same singlet. But we're not here to talk about the Great Horn Rat. We're here to talk about the Chaos Pantheon. That is slaves to darkness. I'm here with Toby Meadows from Team england the world's yep. team you played in 2022 i think you're on 2023 yeah um because you're so great you don't have to worry about the six nation people who are playing currently like your spots your um that's a dig for anyone obviously <laughs> six nations is being played right now and it's the feed yeah. to team england i'm just giving a dig to like people like phil who who's currently playing in uh in the there six nations <laughs> yeah no fair enough uh, well nice nice to be here coach it's nice absolutely my pleasure because you are first off your number one on the t the TSN networks or the TSN ne TSN. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I was just because like, like yeah, yeah because like it's like <laughs> ATM machine. Like when you say ATM machine, it's like automatic teller machine machine. Machine. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. actually an ATM. But you're the number one TSN for um the slaves to darkness. You've done incredibly well both this season, last season. You are a champion of the Varangard. And I know you have a very different perspective to Phil, who was on just mm. a couple of days ago. And yep. I thought I'd bring you on just to, one, get your experience on Slaves of Darkness, but two, give the listeners just a different perspective to say, right, well, Phil's big on Archeon. He's big yep. on Knights. He's big on the the chaos, uh, sorry, chaos, the corn keywords. Um, is, that, is that everybody's thoughts? Or is it just one person's perspective? And do you have some different thoughts? So I thought we'll go through this. We'll have some similar consistency across the two videos, but I'd love to get your perspective on some units and we'll, we'll, we'll go a little bit deeper in other areas. Didn't quite touch on um, with big Phil, but yep. for anyone who doesn't know who you are, I mean, you are team England. You're wearing the team England shirt. Introduce yourself to the internet. Yeah. Um, so my name's Toby, obviously. Um, I've been playing with part of team England for about uh, 18 months now. Um, lucky enough to go to Worlds in 2022, lucky enough to have won the event. Uh, we also played in a Ashes before, which I'll just dig in with you, Coach, obviously against the Australia team. Uh, we won that I'll one smash as well. Him. I'll <laughs> smash them. Smash them. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been playing competitive AOS since about the start of 2019. And obviously the big C word came in and disrupted that for a little bit. But since then, I've been, I've been playing competitive AOS consistently, one or two events a month if I can. Um, and, and really enjoy it. I think the game's in a really good place. Um, but now, yeah, we're here to talk about the new Slaves to Darkness. Yes, I am so excited. This is um, this is a really cool book. And I've mentioned it for anyone who's listened to the other video. I am genuinely excited about this. It's not like this fake, oh, I got a new battle tome. I'm so excited. You know, buy my affiliate link for Element Games. I don't even have affiliate link. Like, <laughs> like if it's if it's not very good, it's not very good. But this is good. This is good. This is mm. what Stormcast wishes they were. This gives me a lot of faith when Cities of Sigma gets updated with the with the um the Dawnbringer Crusades. Yep. There is so many viable builds, and I'm genuinely excited for the future of Slaves of Darkness. But what do you, what's your initial take? So Slaves to Darkness, it's this combo, massive book full of just different things. Mm -hmm. um, there's lots of different ways to play it. There's lots of different marks. What drew you to Slaves and what's keeping you with Slaves? Yeah, so initially 
what drew me to slaves because I started playing slaves obviously in the previous the previous edition of the book. So, uh, and it wasn't really the book; it was all the add-ons, you know, the Wrath of the Everchosen, all that sort of stuff, the Broken Realms, Bellicor. So I started playing Legion of the First Prince. Uh, that was about August last year. R.I.P. Uh, yeah, R.I.P. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Initially, it was um, I played against um, Tom Tom Maudsley, who you, you probably know very well, um, and loved how it played, and thought. I fancy a little bit of that. We'll see what happens. Um, really enjoyed it. And then that just bled into more and more of, of the chaos. Um, and now to the point where I think I'm known in the UK scene, at least for, for playing yellow chaos. I'm sure you can see it in the back in, in the cabinet. All of my armies are bright yellow and they're all chaos. Um, so I, I just love everything about it. I've always preferred playing the baddies and games and that sort of stuff. Uh, and the possibilities are really endless. And that's what really works well for me as a competitive player you can just go okay i need to add that in i'll buy it it works with the army because it's all chaos that's where the new book's great because you can the the, the list of war scrolls it's almost like stormcast-esque there's so much stuff in here so one of the reasons why i love it so much and i can stick to it is because the possibilities really are endless your army can be so different if you play marcus lanesh and the next day you play marcus zinch it's completely different not just the units but the play style whereas with some books I guess Iron Jaws is a good example. You can play different uh, battle traits, but you're going to play largely the same way every time, and the units are going to be the same every time. But the marks change the power of the unit in the book and how they play as well. So it is really is like Pandora's box. There's so much in here to, to play with, and I, I'd struggle to get bored playing Slaves because there's so many options, and that's one of the reasons why I love it so much. No, I, I love it. It is what's it is what Stormcast wishes they were. The customization, most of the war scrolls are useful as opposed to Stormcast, where it's like 50 of the of the heroes you'd never see them play. Yeah. Um, that is lesser versions of something. I'm sorry, Knight Relictor. I'm never gonna play you. Even <laughs> if you're cheaper than the Lord Relictor, I'll use you for a conversion. I'll never use you on the table. Yeah. But there's so much great combinations. There's a lot of great uh, I think what's drawing me is the conversion opportunity and 100%. um someone asking me in the chat you know have i used the slanesh war shrine and sigvold yet not yet but i'm getting more and more excited about the idea because i think when i was talking to phil i was more of a corn player and i had bought this the blood secreter i had bought the um the slaughter master um like mr whippy blood stoker yeah blood, blood stoker sorry blood stoker and blood secreter um and I was I was excited about corn, but I was worried about the longevity of corn mm -hmm. given Games Workshop especially has announced two battle tomes and I can see them closing that that gap pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. But the more I think about Slanesh and and talking to you actually has gotten me even more excited because I've got the the box and it's mm -hmm. got chosen in it. And like I'm like, do I need Slanesh chosen? Like, yeah, yeah, I do. They're they're sexy. <laughs> Yeah, Slanesh Children can be good. And I, I, you just hit the nail on the head as well about the marks. Like, they're, they're so different <clears throat> and you can play as many ways as you want. And there's, there's not really going to be a go-to way, I don't think, at least initially. No, I think I've seen a lot of different options, you know, whether people are building around Archeon, whether they're not building Archeon, they're going all cultists, they're <clears> not doing cultists, they're spamming Splinter Fang, they're, they're tapping into multiple versions of the cultists, people using Chaos Knights, people using Warriors, they're using Chosen. I'm seeing people use Ogroids, the new Thermit, not Thermitage. Th um, th the Theridons. Theridons, the Theridons. Like yep. there's so much list creation and excitement. I think everyone's just kind of like getting their ideas going. Mm -hmm. before the new gbh yeah because yeah. we don't know how it's going to go so just test and learn and practice and as soon as that gbh we've got some solid reps 
Hundred percent. It's difficult to know which way the wind's going to blow now. And we spoke about that a little bit before off camera, but it's really hard to know what's going to be good in in let's say I don't know two months time because the whole meta is going to change and completely get shaken up. Yeah, I'm excited to look at what possibly happens outside <clears throat> of GVs. You know, mm. the, there's so many battle line options. I think literally everything that isn't a hero is battle line in his bloody book. <laughs> so like the GV meta and bounty hunters just hurts us. Yep. But the minute that those shackles are off, it's like there's some solid play. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Especially when we when we get to it, some of the things that are good are good despite being GV, so two inch reach, that sort of thing. But they just get hampered by the double damage from bounty hunters and stuff. But we'll come into that later on in the in the chat. So for anyone who hasn't um, maybe read this book yet because they, they don't, I'm not going to buy the, the special box or maybe they are newer to the faction. Mm -hmm. How has it changed? How has it changed between the old book and the new book? Yeah. So for me, the, the, the old book was um, easily abused. Let's say that with the, with the buffs. So a lot of the buffs that were in there, um, I took massive advantage of with, with units like Varangard, whereby they were all rerolls coach and that doesn't exist anymore they took them out of the game for good reason because a lot of the time i had plus five to my save on the varangard reroll and i'll hit some wounds rerolling ones to save three spell ignores and a feel no pain or reward save so they were effectively unkillable unless you had mortal wounds so the old book was i've got these this bunch of units here's all of the buffs i can stack on them and it just multiplies their power by infinity most of the time whereas now it's a bit like okay the power is a little bit more in the war scroll the buffs are a little harder to access um but it feels a bit more honest is probably the good word for it um and in competitive aos people say honest quite a lot because it just means that there's no tricks there's no crazy combos that are going to set them way above where they're supposed to be um but i think previously it was all about stacking stacking buffs and and exploiting combos really that shouldn't really have been in the game whereas now it's about finding the buffs in the book applying them to your units and the, the marks are a lot more impactful now because previously it was just okay my army's inch because everyone wants to save Nobody else has that in the game. I think Coach is frozen. I don't know if he's frozen for anybody else. Okay, cool. He just meant to be saying, keep going on. He'll be back in a sec. So, yeah, previously, the mark, the best mark was Zinch because it was real ones to save. Um, whereas now, all of the marks are reasonably effective and you can go whichever route you want. Uh, certainly from a competitive point of view. I know the two people have been the two that people speak about a lot at the minute is Korn and Nurgle, um, plus one attack on the charge and then minus one to wound. Really, really effective. Um <clears throat> but oh it's not even the coach show anymore, it's just the Toby Meadow show. Um they were the they were the main differences between the new and the old. Um while while coach is coming back, does anybody in the chat have any questions that so I can just fill the time? Um Look at this, eh? Poor do. I'm sure he'll be back soon. I'm sure he'll be back real soon. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Wapstone. Enjoy it. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I think the book is just... It's better in terms of choice. That's definitely true. Um, previously, there was a couple of builds. I mean, it was ever chosen on Knights of the Empty Throne, right? Nobody really played Ravagers. Nobody really played the Spoilers. Um, Knights of the Empty Throne were insane. Um, I really abused Knights of the Empty Throne, <laughs> but I can't do that now. Um, thoughts on the new chosen models and the new rules? So, Paris, the, the models are absolutely insane. 
Um, <clears throat> I've got the models here. Um, these are this is some of the stuff that I haven't yet painted. Obviously, you can see bigger Akiyam as well. The models are insane. Um, the new rules, I think me and Coach are going to go into in a little bit more detail because I've got a list at the end that we'll look at with quite a few shows in it. So I'll, I'll speak about them a little bit later on. Favorite unit in the new book? Um, controversially, I think, well, not controversially, I think it's quite a boring choice. The favorite unit in terms of a glow up, uh, I think it's Corvus Cabal. Again, we'll speak about them a little bit later. I don't want to ruin any spoilers, um, but I think Corvus Cabal got a big glow up. But the problem is they're really hard to get hold of. They're not for sale anymore, so you have to hunt around secondhand places to try and find some. Um, I haven't played since second edition. Why would I play Slaves of Darkness? Um, it's a really great time to play them if you haven't played for a while. They've got one of the best model ranges in the game. Um, there's so much choice in the book. I mentioned it earlier. You can play one army one day, one army the next day and it's a completely different way of playing, whereas with some some armies you can get bored. It can be quite repetitive. You just play the same thing all the time, whereas this is you've got so much agency to play however you want to play. How would you rate Chaos Knights in the new book? Knights are great. Um, they do extra damage on the charge anyway. Um, with Bounty Hunters, they're even better. Um, they're relatively well-pointed as well, um, and when you charge with them with corn, for example, you get the extra attack anyway. It just buffs them on the charge. There's ways to make the charge more effective. Obviously, the 3d6 charge cast. Um, even in Nur even in Nurgle with the icon, they're really tough to shift. Um, the issue with that is fighting in two ranks past the charge. That becomes a problem. How many spare models do I bring for summoning? Um, we don't really have traditional summoning anymore. Um, the only summoning we have is making heroes, demon princes, if they kill a monster with the eye of the gods. So we don't really need to bring many models for that. Previously, obviously, you could summon 10 pink horrors with the Eye of the Gods. Can't do that anymore. Uh, any tips on how to use the knights effectively? Um, <clears throat> I, I guess a little bit like Warhammer Fantasy, where you, you're charging units on the side, um, making sure all of your knights are fighting, otherwise you're effectively wasting points in terms of output. Um, so you want to make sure all of the knights are fighting all of the time when you charge, otherwise you're wasting your points and you should use them in five instead of tens. <clears throat> rate bliss barbs as an ally do, do you know what matthew admittedly i haven't really thought about bliss barbs as an ally too much um i think as an ally they get considerably worse purely because they're great in slanesh because of depravity when you don't get depravity from their shooting they become effectively a lot worse in my opinion um do you feel incentivized to use allies i've looked at using allies um the one that jump out at the minute are corn allies um like coach has already alluded to i don't know how lot about the longevity of that um, getting plus one attack from the Blood Secretor, plus one attack from the Aspiring Deathbringer, reroll wounds from the Blood Stoker, plus just the charge from the Blood Stoker. It can get pretty silly, um, especially if you use the um, running charge stuff. You can be charging on plus three, 3d6, uh, reroll the wounds, plus two attacks, plus three attacks if you charge with Corn. It can get pretty crazy. Oh, he's back. Massive apologies there. I actually. No, it's all good. My computer fixed after Peachy, and it was perfect with, with skating. I don't know what's happened, so <laughs> it's cool. Apolog apologies there. What did we talk about? Well, the, the chat actually helped out quite a lot. There were so many questions in the chat, so I just went through through answering them. Um, only got about halfway through, so there's still plenty of questions in there. But no, it was okay. It ended up being the Toby Meadows show for a bit, Coach. So can't really complain oh, about what, that. <laughs> what What did we learn in the Toby Meadows show? Um, people are asking a lot about knights, if, if knights are good. Um, I just mentioned how it's important to make sure they're all attacking if they're a unit of 10, otherwise you're effectively wasting points. They're great in corn because they already get buffs to the charge, so just further buff in the charge. People ask a lot about um, the new Chosen and the models of the new Chosen. I mentioned how we'll speak about the Chosen a little bit later on, um, but the models are insane. 
Um, people are asking why they should play slaves. Again, just great new model range and the agency is massive. You can play whatever you want. No, I absolutely love that. Um, very, all very relevant. So do you think there are any solid winners when it comes to the book? Um, when you look at the war scrolls and you're thinking about what do I build around? Look again, conscious folks that this is um, pre FAQ. So we might see some erratas, we might see some rules changes. So we're only going with what we know currently. But based on like what you've seen, are there things that you want to build around, things that you think um, have some legs? Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's maybe four four units that I'll just speak about in this regard because you could go all day about which ones you think are great, but I want to go into more detail and less units, if that makes sense. So the first one, which I think a lot of people would be surprised by, is Soul Grinders. Um, so <clears throat> in the previous book, they had 16 wounds, and now they've got 18, and played in the right faction they get 20 wounds. So they got four more wounds overnight in the new book. They went down in points. So they got four more wounds, went down in points, increased their effectiveness with damage and benefit slightly more with the marks now, in my opinion. Um, so I think Soul Grinders got a huge glow up. The only thing that is missing from Soul Grinders is a monstrous action. Yeah. I mean, that would have been cool. Obviously, with Sim Books recently come out with loads of monstrous actions for specific units and a soul grinder monstrous action would have been great but the models are so old i mean I, i've bought some recently and assembled them and they're, they're such a pain to put together because it's so old um but yeah what is, I, it, what, do you, what is it about soul grinders right because it's 18 <clears throat> wounds outside of the spoilers um yeah. it's a massive pie plate 160 it's massive base without flying. So, yep. you know, you're, you're quite restricted. And, like, you know, it's got a, a whole bunch of damage attacks as well as got the, the Hellforge claw as well doing, um, was it D6 models if you roll a six to hit unmodified? Mm -hmm. Are you looking at this as, like, a, a big allocation of wounds? Are you looking at this as a combat threat? Like, what is it about the Soul Grinder? And spoiler alert, um, Toby has sent a list that he's got three? three? Four. 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 Or yeah. it's not a yeah. trolling list. Like you're not you're not trying to troll us and trying to get people to buy it. Like, what is it exactly you like about the Soul Grinder? So something about using Archeon and, and the size of his base is if he is perfectly in the middle of an objective, you cannot contest that objective without being in combat with him. I don't know if the guys knew that, the listeners, but if you have a 160 mil base and you are perfectly in the middle of an objective in AOS, you have to be in combat with that unit con controlling it to contest it. So the theory is 160 mil bases, combat monsters that last a long time, they're really durable. If you can put them on an objective, you're going to limit the amount of models enemy units have on objectives. Um, I think their value in combat is really good if they're in corn, because all of a sudden you mentioned the Hellforge Claw, which is the one that does the big damage. That is doubling the amount of attacks you get. Um, <clears throat> the combat profile is great. I think that they'll have seven attacks that do a Ren 1 damage 2, two attacks that are Ren 2 D6, three attacks that are Ren 2 3 damage, five attacks that are Ren 1 D3 damage on top of the shooting as well. Hmm. The shooting's not great, but if you have four of them and, and people let you go first because you're so high drops, you're going to be killing squishy characters without a single problem. The big problem is hitting on fours. Uh, especially with Lookout Sir. But <clears throat> that's where you need a Chaos Social Lord to at least buff one to be plus one to hit and wound. And then all of a sudden, the combat profile is freeze to hit two to wound with every single attack as well. Do you prefer the Warp Metal Blade or the Demon Bone bone Talon? I, I think the Warp Metal Blade just because of the consistent damage in Ren 2. Um, mm. Something that the book historically struggled with and, and still does to a certain extent is high rend. 
Um, most of the time it was Ren 1 outside of Archeon, realistically. So having another option that's Ren 2 is great. <clears throat> uh, not only that, Coach, I, I honestly think the points value is a really good selling point for this unit. If you think about the value of even things like Magma Drops, it's a really similar damage output. There's more wounds here, and there's effectively more ways to make them harder to kill. But they're much less points. Yeah, well, what are they, currently 230? Two, 230, that, yeah. Yeah, and they're 18 wounds stock standard. Because I actually was looking at, and when I was going through the preview, I actually looked at the soul grind. I'm like, for 230, 18 wounds, even outside of despoilers, without getting the plus two to wound and any other synergy, that's a solid little, you know, it's got a four up base. Its movement is what, 12? So actually not a bad little independent threat and as you said it's got some solid rend and it allows me to look at my synergies and my buffs on my warriors my chosen my knights other things mm -hmm. and this is just a little independent annoying thing yeah yeah realistically yeah and i think movement 12 it can run and shoot so if your opponent yes. does make you go first again you can move 18 inches and shoot bear in mind the phlegm bombardment's 20 inches so that's 38 inches and then the harvest kind of 16. So 34 inches minimum of shooting if, if your opponent lets you go first. Bear in mind, you've got a pie plate base. So 34 inches, if you're deploying in Dawn of War just to, over the table, you can hit anything turn one if they make you go mm. first with the shooting. So all of a sudden they go, well, I don't really want to get shot by false fog grinders turn one. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go first. And then obviously you've got a chance to double, etc. Look, I don't, I don't think they're going to be the new hotness. I'm, I don't think they're going to be, everyone's going to be buying them. But I think they're a really aggressively pointed unit at the minute and with all the buffs you can stack onto them i think they're going to be pretty good yeah i, th I think for 230 they're quite a valuable or a consideration <laughs> right and i think the challenge that i had going through building slaves list is i've just there's everything i want to put in my list i just don't have the points yeah like that, i just find like problem. especially like when you're reinforcing chosen or warriors or knights you're adding varan guard the points add up really quickly yeah what they do 20 20 warriors is almost 500 points four 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 yeah and and it's it's like playing tetris because 10 chosen is 480 10 knights is 460 10 warriors is 440 so you're right everything is expensive you don't get loads which is why something like this sort of further stood out to me a little bit because it seems like it's aggressively pointed whereas some things may be a little bit too expensive to get in yeah, no, I, I like it as an independent threat. Um, uh, and I do think, you know, so if you're doing a bit, a bit of corn, things like the Slaughter Brute actually doesn't have, it's not too bad. I've seen people talking about the Mutilith Vortex Beast. I blew me away that that was even in consideration. <laughs> I, don't think any, I don't think I've heard anyone talk about the Mutilith Vortex Beast in second or third edition. Yeah. But I'm, see, I'm seeing some people talk about it, whether it's a Kabbalist or whether it is some other type of Zinchi type shenanigans. But mm. What else do you like? What are some of the other units um, that really stood out for you? So the Corvus Cabal, um, I, I don't think, from a competitive point of view, <clears throat> maybe I'll be proven wrong in six months' time and nobody plays them, but I don't see a world where you wouldn't just have a token unit or, or maybe two units. So for me, the battle line is standard now, which is great, because previously you had to have the same Chaos Mark to be battle line with the, with the cultists. So the battle line is standard. Um, they never used to have these rules, so they can deep strike, and that's not just turn one, that's whenever. Um, I originally thought it was turn one when I first read it and thought it's great, but you can't really be anywhere you want to be. Um, so the deep strike, uh, nine inches away, normal stuff. Um, and if they're in terrain, they can't be shot because they're invisible. Yes. So that there's such a good way of desecrating, an incredible way of desecrating behind enemy lines as well. And if you're lucky enough to have an objective on a point and you deep strike these on the objective, your opponent has to tail around and go back and kill them because they can't shoot them. 
And do you really want to be spending your your you know <clears throat> fine resources chasing down a unit of Corvus Caval? And like, eight, really? 80, 80 points as well. 80 points, capping objectives, can't be targeted for shooting um, if, you, if you're within terrain. I think, yeah, those de Denizen of Ulgu and the Death from Above, that two combination um, yeah. is, is quite attractive. Yeah, and I, I've always enjoyed playing, certainly with slaves, like the throwaway cultist units that can be the screens if they need to be. I mean, I'm I'm a massive abuser of last edition's Iron Golems. I've got 50 of them painted, which they're not going to see the table really too much now. Um, I still think they're okay, but they've, they've gone up a lot in points, 25%, which is, which is crazy. Word of warning for anyone who's thinking about getting 90 <laughs> Splintered Fang right now. Like you'll enjoy it for a little bit. I've seen people talking about like 50, <laughs> 70, 90, 110. I'm like, yeah, you're asking for trouble. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's another point about the Soul Grinders as well. It's going to be short-lived, but if you play them in corner, you play them with a, a Mr. Whippy Boy, a Spine Deathbring and Bloodsecrator, all of a sudden that D6 damage attack, you've got five attacks now. What about so some it's... of the other cultists, right? Like you got the Psycho Lords, the Signs of the Flame. Like a lot of people talking about, you know, Splintered Fang, as we've mentioned. People know um, the uh, Untamed Beasts, Iron Golems. <laughs> They're probably some of the most common of the cultists. Yeah. Do you like any of the others, like the Tarantial the... Brood or the Cypher Lords? Or... The, the other ones that I like, um, obviously Splintered Fang, we've mentioned them before, and I know Phil spoke about them. Splintered Fang are great in terms of just pure output. Chaos Legionaries are quite interesting. Uh, being able to turn off a command ability is really, really good. Whether you'll see them outside of First Prince, because obviously they get benefits for being with Bellacor and stuff. Um, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, Legionaries are okay. Um, none of the others stand out to the point where they would become in every competitive list I'd write. Untamed Beasts still do the same as what they used to do, which is great. They're still great for that. But I think it depends what you're playing against, of course it does, but Untamed Beasts were great in like the Nurgle meta when the Flyers would rush you because you could at least give yourself a screen to stop that. They still do the same thing with the Scout move, so they're still valuable. Iron Golems, they got an extra attack, so they actually do stuff now in combat, but they went up in points. They still kept the plus one save if they haven't moved in that turn as well. That's still player turn, not sure why that is the case. It should be Battle Round or previous player turn or something, but... It's the same turn. So it, in the in your opponent's turn, when they're hitting you, you haven't moved, so you get plus one save. I don't even know why it's in the game. It should just be a three-up save, and that's the end of it. But Just, just call it. Just call it. Like, they stop playing games. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, it's... yeah, they used to be 75 points. I used to love them. Um, the Bravery 8, bizarrely. I don't know if they still are now. Um, no, the Bravery 7 now, because the, the Signifier used to give them plus two Bravery. So they had a three-up save, re-rolling ones, eight Bravery, 75 points for 10 wounds, and... And they went down a little bit, but Splinter Fang, Corvus Cabal, Legionnaires in, in certain situations, but Splinter Fang and Corvus Cabal are the two that stand out with the rest, in my opinion, at least anyway. I think the other big piece of the cultist change that I really liked is they can now issue their own commands. Previously, mm -hmm. they couldn't, and yep. it caught a lot of people off because there's 100%. these champion-like models, and you're like, oh, they can <clears> issue their own. No, no, they're not a command model. Yep. It's like a little special idiot. Yeah, and, and some... In the UK, some some events were putting in a custom fact to say that FAQ that that unit champion could issue a command. Sometimes they couldn't, so you never really knew where you stood. But now it's clear as day in the book they are they are a champion, so they can issue their own command, which I think is great. What <clears> else <throat> do you like? What else do you like? What do you what are you hot on? Um, chosen, chosen. So um, 
it's difficult at first because you think about anything okay well there's 10 foot dudes for nearly 500 points that's a lot of points um but some things that make them stand out so the, the first thing is they can fight twice once per game yes it's asl so always strike last which is a bit of a shame because varangard still kept their next activation um which is a shame I, i'm not entirely sure why it should be fight last um <clears throat> but they can strike again once per game um they also roll on the eye of the gods table before the game starts. So effectively, you could have two buffs on this unit, effectively like two marks. So if you run them in corn and you're lucky enough to roll a six at the start of the game, they're going to have plus one attack and plus one rend. And when you consider that hasn't changed the points value of the unit, it's still the same points. It is pretty crazy. They would have been considerably better in the old book when you could reroll ones to wound with the free up save base. Uh, but that's gone now. So what, what you do is really you give them a six at ward from the Chaos Sorcerer Lord. You give them demonic power for plus one to hit and wound and somehow give them a plus one save. Now, all of a sudden, they're hitting on twos, wounding on twos. Hopefully, rent two if you roll the six on the eye of the gods. Two damage. They do mortal wounds when they hit. Um, and they've got three wounds each. So super durable, super tanky. Some of the big drawbacks is the movement. Um, movement five isn't great. Um, it's never really been a huge problem for for most things moving five. And I think with where the objectives are in the current GHP, again, it's not too much of an issue. You're just moving them forward and they get to where they need to be eventually. Um, especially when there's ways to plus the, plus the charge, like the musicians are just plus one charge base. Um, <clears throat> but I love Chosen. I think they're really, really well pointed if you consider the 40 more points. Well, there'll be 40 more points than 20 warriors. Um, they have a lot more output and it's, it's similar wound counts. There's 40 wounds in the warriors, but obviously only 30 in the Chosen. Yeah. Yeah, um, and you, it, it, there's some really interesting play between, and, and it's one of the challenges I've had, you know, do I run Chosen, do I run Warriors, do I run both? Yeah. Where do you see the most value, especially if you're going to mark them with the Nurgle banner? It's yeah. like, you know, minus one to hit, minus one to wound, minus one rend on a unit of Chosen. And I'm like, do I really want that as my defensive piece? Probably not. Mm -hmm. I think Chaos Warriors play well with Nurgle, but add corn add slanish to chosen mm -hmm. i think you see some real play yeah I, I think i think that's fair i think historically before the day one faq when the nurgle icon affected every unit holding than 12 that was great on the warriors because you could make that warrior unit massive and then all of a sudden you've got a 12 inch buff from that unit of warriors that's making everybody minus one rend attacking any of your units it's not the case now it's just the unit they're attacking uh, but I, I still think Nurgle Chosen a great minus one to wound is not something to be scoffed at because a lot of the time stuff will hit on threes, but wound or fours. And all of a sudden, if it's wounded on fives, it's a big drop off. Um, <clears throat> I, I think Nurgle Chosen are great. I think Corn Chosen are great, but you've hit the nail on the head. It just changes the way you play the unit slightly. The Corn unit wants to go and be a hunter, whereas the Nurgle unit's happy to sit on an objective in a key place on the board and say, look, you've got to take me out. It's not going to be easy now. I'm going to do a lot of damage to you if I get the chance. I think it also depends on what your sub-faction is, right? If you go host mm -hmm. of the Ever Chosen, I think Warriors become a lot more attractive. But if I'm going into another particular build, oh, just because you've got more chances to do the, to do the rally. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's the most exciting piece, right, is that as I'm looking at, let's say, Warriors versus Chosen, depending on what types of marks depends on the value of each of them, right? In some cases, one becomes better than the other, and then on a different mark, it, it changes completely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think that's where Ever Chosen becomes a bit more exciting as well, because obviously you get the second banner. So you can have both, which is great. You can you can have both, whereas obviously normally you've just got one or the other. 
Um, by the, <clears> by the <throat> way, Hellstorm Hellstorm Lewis is saying you got the wrong shirt on. So you got your Team England shirt, not yeah. your uh, Grand Alliance friendship. Well, rest assured, I did have the hoodie on, Lou, but um, it got a little bit too hot in the house. But we're still repping Gaff. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> what else God. what else do you like so you, you chose chosen a great uh warriors are great we've, yeah. we've talked a little bit about some of the cultists you said mm -hmm. the soul grinder is is great um anything else that's really stood actually before we get into that someone did ask in the chat which i'm curious is what are your thoughts on marauders marauders had some day, days in the sun i feel like maybe their time has come what yeah so the the way that I see Marauders, I mean, their ability to do damage has been significantly reduced, right? They used to they used to used to have a block of thirty, teleport them, which by the way is gone now. Mask of Darkness isn't the way it was. So you teleport them nine inches away, almost effectively guarantee the charge with a unit of thirty buffed up to the nines. They run in, kill loads of stuff, inevitably just dies right after. The way that they were played is gone. Is is completely gone. So I see them as an eighty five point unit, which will just stand in front of me and die turn one. Um, and there's better value in other units, in my opinion. Corvus Cabal, I mean, they're going to take up a smaller footprint. Marauders are 25 mil bases, I think, so you can still string them out in a 10. Whereas Corvus Cabal, you only get nine models and they're not 25 mil, so you have to do the, the daisy chain really well. Um, I, I think Marauders are a big loser, unfortunately. Um, and I think you talked about it with Phil. It would have been great to see them get a glow up, a new model, and then some, some new rules which make them not necessarily super competitive, but make them good or, or usable. Because at the minute, I think it's just old sculpt rules are a little bit like lackluster and they're sort of just, I don't know, it's, I, I don't see a world where you'd, you'd play them cutting edge competitively, at least anyway, from my point of view. Is there, a, by the way, I actually think they should cut them completely. There's enough cultists uh, like to, to take that place of the Marauder. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Horsemen, you don't have really cavalry type Marauders yet. So, there might be a place for them, but certainly the Marauders, like they're old sculpts, they don't really do much. Like I'm looking, I'm looking at the particular war scroll, and I'm like, is there a world where I would need the the Marauders over a cultist unit, for example, very similar? And I don't know, I, I don't know there is. I mean, I I almost would rather like a unit of demonettes or a unit of coalition troops if I want to screen over Marauders. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think they are literally just 85 points to put them on the board, make them die turn one if you're going to get Alfred. That is that's really it. I saw that comment as well. Uh, the best comment, the best use of Marauders is putting green stuff snake on them and pretending they're splintered fame. That is 100% that... true as well. <laughs> or, put, or putting feathers on them and making them Corvus Cabal, like anything, yeah. Um, but good luck with that because the models are, are really, really bad compared to the new stuff we have. Yeah, so maybe maybe Marauders are going to have a holiday for a little bit. Um, any, any other units that really stand out for you at the moment as you kind of <coughs> yeah. go through? Yeah, um, it's, it's not a unit that's had a glow up because it's a brand new unit, but I think the Ogroid Theridons are pretty good. Um, and, and that's good because they're in the new box and it would be a shame if they sucked because the models are the models are okay. I'm not a massive fan of the hunch, the hunch neck. I know a lot of people don't like it. Um, I mean, the Myrmidon looks great because he's a bit more dynamic, but the Theridons, mm. when they just got the axe like that, it looks a bit silly in my do, opinion. Do you know what do you know what that bottom left hand corner reminds me of? The mm, keep the beef the beefer of secrets. Like it reminds me <laughs> of like a smaller Avalanor. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a weird mountain type um Yeah, when, when if you if you build them as well, anyone that's built them, you sort of like, where does the head go? Because the head goes like in the torso. It's really weird. Uh, but I'd like to see them have a bigger neck personally and a bit more a bit more dynamic pose. But the the units are great, the, the rules are great. Um there's there's two sort of ways you can you can use them. 
you can use them as these uh, four up saves, slightly less damage, um, beefy tanks, or you can have them as like true massive hitting minotaurs that do three damage every time they fight. Um, but I think they're great, and, and the fact that you can arm them differently plays into the marks really well. So you can see a world whereby you'd have the shields and the swords for Nurgle Theridons, and you'd have the two hundred axe for Corn Theridons. That works well both in terms of like fantasy and law. The corn guys have got to be axes. The nuclear guys take a bit, a bit more to die. And it also works well in terms of how you play the unit and how the, the role they fill on the board. A great example is having a unit of six with Archaeon, Mark of Corn, send them in, fight them, they die, fight again. Nothing's really going to stand up to having four, well, five attacks because I think once per game you get an extra yeah, was, attack. I, yeah, at least savagery. I was going to ask you about that because... You get plus one attack once per game, but they can't receive inspiring presence. So I yep. was actually going to ask you that, like, does that not then lead you towards a unit of three? Because if you do a unit of six, you've got to really delete what you're going into. Otherwise, yep. if they, I was, I was literally just checking their bravery. I'm like, if they have a really average bravery, you're losing five models on a bravery test for every failure. Yeah. That hurts. Yeah. And, and, and that is true. I mean, previously, if you were playing them and ever chosen, you would be immune to Battleshock, which is a shame. Uh, Bravery Ar 6, by the way. Bravery 6. Yes. Ar Archeon used to make everything immune to Battleshock if he was on the board in the old ever chosen, which is the, is the same. But the reason why you take them in a 6 with Archeon is they go into something, even if it's another Archeon, all six of them fight with five attacks each, by the way. <clears throat> and that's just if you're Mark of Corn and use the buff. So if you mark a corn, arguably, you don't even have to use the buff. You can still get Inspiring Presence because you've got four attacks each. If you wanted to be crazy in the short term, you could put in a Blood Secretor, you could put in a Spiring Deathbringer. Then all of a sudden, you've got plus four attacks on the charge. And then when they die after they fight the first time, they can fight again. Hmm. So so now the unit of six has seven times six. Is that 42 attacks? Fighting twice at Ren 2, damage three. So it's 84 attacks, Ren 2, damage three. Uh, two inch range as well, so they can all fight. Yeah, that's absolutely. It's just a, it's a home it's a homing missile at that point where you want it to die so they can all fight again. But you, you the idea with that is you trade up so you, you target something that's worth a lot more points. Think Nagash, think Teclis, think Archeon. Send them in, <clears throat> fight the first time. Inevitably, they're going to die because at that point they've got five up save anyway. And then you get done you go again. again. Yeah, which makes me think that with the Theridans, uh, I'm going towards the Great Axe as opposed to the Shield. Like, yeah, like it, it, it re reminds me a lot of uh, my Annihilators. I can build Shield. I can build Grand Hammers. Mm -hmm. um, there is no world that I'm taking Shields over Grand Hammer Annihilators. And I know the points have changed a little bit, and that's actually changed the dynamics. Mm -hmm. So unless there's a points difference between Shield versus Great Axe. I feel like it's it's a great axe every day. Mm -hmm. So two two things with that. The first one that I forgot to mention was with the Berserk Rage as well. The second time they strike, they're going to be wounded on twos. And because you don't have to issue a command to get the plus one attack, you can all out attack as well. So you're hitting on twos, wounded on twos. Well, hitting on twos, wounded on threes the first time you fight. And the second time you fight, because of the Berserk Rage, you've taken wounds. You will be yeah. hitting and wounded on twos with 42 attacks at Ren 2 damage free. Um, but yeah, you're right, you're completely right. In my opinion, if if they take the shields, they're trying to do the budget option of what warriors and chosen do really well with a with a high save. Um granted they've got five wounds. So with a four up save base and mystic shield, it could be it, it could be 15 wounds. That's really difficult to shift. Um but I I, I think you're right, coach. I think if you, it these fill a niche of just complete wrecking ball homing missiles, that's not 
in the book, in my opinion. Um, and the Gorian Great Axes do a really good job of that. The fact that it's freeze and freeze base is really good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. And the Berserker Rage really does. Um, can you take some damage from Unleash Hell and that Trigger? Uh, um, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the same phase, unfortunately. So that would be in the charge phase, wouldn't it? That, 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 that's what I was literally just reading to say. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. Yep, cool. So you'd get plus you get plus one to wound in the charge phase, which would be completely irrelevant because you don't fight in the charge phase, right? Yes, it's in the phase. It's in the fa sorry. I started reading, but then I realized I was reading under <laughs> un unleash savagery rules, and I'm like, why does this make any sense? It's because yes, so if they yeah. take damage in the same phase, it means they get the the plus one to yeah. wound, which yeah. Which again is is why Archeon comes in and his command ability makes them better because you want to fight first, otherwise you're going to lose some models inevitably because you've got a five up save. Yes, you've got five wounds, but if you're fighting the target that you want to kill and letting him strike first, you're going to lose too many models. You're going to lose way too many models. So, yeah, Who's you want to. You... you think whose mark do you think works well with these? These is it is it undivided? Is it uh, like would you Nurgle them? Like who? So I, I personally, I'd use corn, and it seems like the really obvious, the obvious simple answer. But if you've got a unit of six, for example, and you give the mark of corn, if they charge, you you get a potential eighteen extra damage just from having a different mark, which which is bananas, really, because you get one extra attack and the free damage each. I think the value of mark of corn goes up the higher damage your attacks are, naturally, because if you have more attacks that do higher damage, it's great. If you had one more attack that does one damage, it's a, a much lower invest well a much lower benefit uh, and hopefully that makes sense to the guys listening if if you've got more attacks that do higher damage it's great so i just think corn personally if it doesn't make sense we will bring up the rules shortly so we will actually get into the allegiance ability especially like um you can't get banners on the theridon so no. um that combination is not going to work but you definitely could get the run and charge with slanesh yep. you could be getting minus one to wound um or is that the banner i, I always forget which one's the banner and which one's the the, um, the, no, the, the no banners the Nogo banners minus one to wound yeah you're talking, you talking about the shrine though yeah yeah well i mean the shrine can do the 3d6 charge if you're doing yeah. slanesh so there's some real interesting play and you know what maybe the theridans with the uh nurgle mark um might not actually be, and with shields actually it might not be too bad if you're running a um an army that maybe is running all theridans right maybe you yeah, want to run yeah. like a pseudo beast of chaos that isn't quite beast of chaos you very well could go that route yeah and and again it's it's good value because you have so many wounds so that minus one to wound it becomes more effective if it's just on a one wound model it's a bit less effective because you're still going to die if one goes through but it's harder to wound you and you've got more wounds so you're effective your effective time you stay on the board is increased by by the more wounds you have with the mark so yeah i, I think i think typically speaking you'll see them with mark of calm with great axes but there is something to be said about mark of nurgle with shields definitely yeah yeah what else do you like is there any other units that stand out for you uh not really uh not really I i'm just gonna keep I'm just going to keep you asking you until you run out, and then and then I'll then I'll bring up the rules. I'll bring up the proper rules, and um, then we'll go through lists. Arche Archeon's good. I mean, the the stuff that made Archeon really good, um, like really really good, has unfortunately left the game, which I think is a good thing. Demonic, but the previous iteration of Demonic Power, where he rolled all his hits and wounds, obviously is bananas if you look at his damage profile. The fact that he could even reroll all his hits and wounds is probably criminal because he's got so many attacks that do so much damage. He used to reroll ones to save. Again, probably criminal when you plus two, three to save on a regular basis. Uh, and he had a four at ward against mortal wounds, so he was effectively unkillable before, uh, unless you got super lucky. Um, but Archeon's still great. I mean, the five at ward base is great. Um, 
I would have liked to have seen a war score spell. Um, I think that would have been cool. I mean, the, the guys they ever chosen, you'd like to think they'd at least bestow some kind of magic power to him. He's got two spell casts, but he doesn't have his own spell. So it would have been cool to see his own spell. What what that may be, I, I don't know. Um, but he kept he kept the majority of his cool stuff. I know, Phil, if you guys have watched the previous show, spoke about the four up in a cup and how that's changed. Um, that's not as good as it was, unfortunately, um, which is probably a good thing for the game. I know a lot of people hated that playing against it, uh, but me and Phil both loved, played, so we loved it. I loved, I loved it because I'm a behavioral scientist and I'm like, I could pick every time. I could I could read the body language, and as much as they tried really hard to hide it, like, I know, I know, and I guessed it every time. <laughs> but um, the monstrous actions that Arkane got with his heads, um, they're great, and it would have been good to, like I've said before, uh, I know I'm, I'm pushing a dead horse here, but it would have been good to have a soul grinder with them. They have their own monstrous action depending on their mark as well. would have been great. Something similar, because they are big demon engines, right? So, Quick quick FAQ already. Thank you, Con, um, friend of the channel, mentioning uh, the Chaos Sorcerer Lord can't buff the soul grinder because oh, it is, it's it's a mortal Slaves to Darkness model. That's, that's a requirement. So, unfortunately... It, it, oh, it's the, the demon, yeah, it's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is but, that um oracular visions and demonic power? Because obviously you can still miss it shield and, and that sort of stuff, but if it's just uh, yeah, they, it's both of them, right? So oracular vision and demonic power both require mortal slaves to darkness. So both yeah. of them are keyworded mortal. Isn't it isn't it so crazy? It's called demonic power, but it only affects mortals. Well, crazy, crazy <laughs> turn of phrase. Um yeah, I mean that changes things a little bit. That definitely changes the output because without plus one to hit and wound it 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 goes down slightly. You can still attack, so you still get the plus one to hit. And the wounding was never really the problem anyway, because that was threes. But yeah, that is unfortunate. But thanks for pointing that out. That's I guess that's the reason why we do it. <laughs> and that's why and that's why we're doing these early discussions. It's you know not that uh, any guest doesn't. I mean, look, it's a lot of rules in this bloody book, especially it's not Iron Jaws. Um, I would love to hear from you though. Um, not to like just move the conversation along is i'd love to know a few things around like some of the newer units right the demon prince while not technically a new unit has had a significant um modification the 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 corn demon prince is the one that everyone used to go towards has had change where do you stand on the demon prince um i, I think they're good i think they yeah and that that just makes sense as well they've already got the power of a demon so they, they can't be buffed by the demon power sure um <clears throat> they are completely different to what we used to know demon princes i think um they used to just be press one button use the command ability and the charge is reduced that's all you ever saw them for they had a very little limited role outside of that now i think they are like beat sticks in their own right obviously 10 wounds three up save there's a command trait which can give you 12 wounds and make you a monster which is great and then if you put them in the right the right um uh, allegiance you could have 14 wounds depending on how that interacts with that command tray because some people would argue you'd get 14 wounds because you become a monster you get an extra two wounds don't know how that's going to play out and probably needs an faq just to be crystal clear. faq yeah yeah um, but, but play on the side of of caution as opposed to 100 the gamey side until then <laughs> but yeah i mean if this guy's got 14 wounds a free up save some of the command some of the artifacts can turn off uh, unit scoring again great i think you'll see him as a sort of a, a beat stick really i think the one that stands out um the thing that stands out with this guy which will weirdly be the downfall of a lot of nurgle you armies you're playing against is mark of nurgle and turning off their ward save um if he's tank if he's tanky enough to survive and you can get him into combat with alongside your chosen and you find a unit that's got a really good ward save thinking fire slayers four up save on the half cap berserkers um 
any deaf unit, um, Nurgle, if you can activate this command, this heroic action, sorry, uh, and then get into combat, um, it just makes everything else more choppy, which is great. Um, I think that's the one that stands out. Slanesh obviously is good. Um, plus one attack is, is great. Um, I think you'll probably use the demonic axe in terms of pure mass. Um, oh, are the talents minus two rend, coach? I thought they were just uh, rend zero. Uh, let me at, triple check. Let me triple yeah, the, check. The, the rend zero. I thought I looked at that and went, bloody hell, they're, they're good. <laughs> but the talents are rend zero. All right. That's 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 my mistake. If, if that's... Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, sorry. The, the talents are rend zero, two damage. Ignore me there. Uh, so my, my use of the term beat stick, just to just to qualify as well, is I think that I would use him with the artifact that turns off enemy unit scoring points, and I would just make him go hunt battle line units. Um, it's unlikely that he's going to die to them if you play him in with as a monster. I mean, you can roll them, you can stomp them, you do d3 damage in that way. You can also use the Nurgle command ability to do d3 damage at the end of the fight phase, and then you've got five attacks at the freeze, freeze, minus two, two. I think um, Con's mentioning a good comment here as well, right? I think there's a lot of question marks around the demon. Prince, a perfect example is what you talked to me before we started the show, which was around like the command. Tr- Fuck. Oh, you freak, yeah, freak, I thought I thought we broke up. I'm like, oh, good lord, not again. No, um, no. The, the 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 demon the, with the um the command traits and the artifacts. We know that there is the hero ones, and then there is the demon prince ones. Yeah. Now, demon prince is a hero. So can it have both tables or is it only restricted to one side? Yeah. I think that's what there's a lot of FAQs and things that we, we need further clarification on. So I think when, when we toy beat stick, like is, am I going to go charge into Marathi into some God tier hero? No. Probably not, but there are some nice ways to get this stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, it, it's, it's mid tier. I think it's mid tier, but and you, and you're paying mid tier points. You're not paying a lot of points for the demon prince. No, no. Um, and if, if he was, if he had the 14 wounds, like we mentioned, his mark of Nurgle is a monster. He can raw Marath. is a good example. He can raw her. She's minus one to wound. All of a sudden he's going to last a bit longer. Don't get me wrong. He's not going to kill her. He's not going to outlast Marathi, but for 195 points, I think, that battle line would struggle to kill him and it also count as no models. So I would see him with the wings flying around, hunting battle line and killing battle line quite successfully. And I think that's the key, right? You got to remember he's under 200 points. If you, you're right. I put, I would put him on a wing as opposed to the trophy rack or whatever mm-hmm. the other combination is and just go get him harassing flanks, going in, shutting off the wards, doing He's definitely more of a utility piece as opposed to a vampire Lord and zombie dragon. You don't just run it up the board. No, no, one hundred percent, and he's pointed differently because of that. And I think if if the um, if the trophy rack did the opposite and turned off inspiring presence rather than made you immune to it, um, I think that would have been that would have been good. But a good a good use of the trophy rack is with the Theradons. If you're playing a Theradon heavy army and you've got this guy behind the Theradons, they're immune to battle shot, so you don't need to worry about inspiring presence because you're not going to have to take a battle shot test, which is great. And outside of knights, I think this is a good way of putting mobility into your army. Um, because we've already mentioned the Warriors, Treasure 5, the Chosen Treasure 5. If you don't have Knights or Varangard or something, before you know it, your whole army can can move five. Yeah, I agree, Matt. I, I agree a lot. Um, he definitely does, in the lore, Demon Princes are definitely stronger than they are. But, uh, hey, this is not the first time. But, yeah, I think, yes, Ramon, I would agree. I probably wouldn't call it a beat stick. I would definitely call it more of a scalpel. But mm. is a beat stick to your battle line, especially if you, you what the types of targets you're going into. But um, it's definitely not a hammer. It's definitely not a hammer. 
I think if if you put him into a ring with other units that cost 195 points, I think he'd probably comfortably take out the majority of them. But it's difficult to do that when w- his profile almost is you sort of compare him to the 300 point heroes, which he's probably not going to beat, which is a shame. Uh, I know you mentioned Vampire and Zombie Dragon, for example, and other things that stick out as stuff like um, Magma Dross, but he just doesn't have the output to compete with him. Yes, he'll last, and he's got a few more tricks on his War Scroll, but it's what. I think he should have kept his talons and his axe. At that point, it'd be a really good unit. Um, but now he only has the axe, so he's got five attacks. And I think somebody pointed out, on average, it is it is three damage. Three, yeah, yeah. Joel, Joel Graham, um, I know he's been playing a lot with Slaves, mentioning that he's, on average, getting three. And look, you can you can build into a, a combat-focused demon, Prince. I think the question that I keep coming back to is, is it worth it? Like, is it actually worth to go all in on a demon prince when actually my artifact, my command traits could go into other things that probably ultimately just give me better? So, yeah, I think if you think about it from a point to point of view and the way you build the list, he is just the, it's really similar points to um, a Chaos Lord and Demonic Mount, which you want to put the buffs on so he can make the knights fight first. In that example, Joel, though, he could have an artifact which, which will stop him scoring points. So the effective use of the art boys is irrelevant anyway because they're not going to kill him back. Um, so it depends how you use him. But you're right. If, if, if you put them in a vacuum and made him fight art boys, he's not going to kill loads of them. No, probably not. What, what about something like Alternus? Because this is another new... This is the last unit I want to talk about. And then I want to go to the Allegiance abilities. Um, Alternus, the new champion of Bellacore, um he's got an interesting war scroll um he's he's okay at combat he's got some some good consistent profiles but not not the world's amount of damage um but he does have an interesting ability where he can come back to life especially if bellicor's on the table you roll 2d6 and if you roll an eight or more you can bring it back anywhere on the table outside of nine you get to add one if bellicor is in the army and on the table so that brings it to a seven like you know you get some other things around you know getting an extra cp if there's like a, a legionaries or a furies unit within range of it and it's got strike first i love the model i don't mm. know if i love the rules yeah for me i'm so disillusioned with with first prince after the changes that i haven't really put too much thought into, into building a first prince army i looked a little bit about how the buffs interact and if you bring pink horrors for example you could make them minus one to win with the war shrine and that sort of stuff um but I, i'm i'm not sold on the turnus i think the model's great i think he said it will do a decent amount of damage if he charges because he's got asf um but i'm not I don't know. I'm not sold on it. I think the niche of coming back to life and, and being nine inches away is great, but especially when you've lost um, Mask of Darkness and it is only really the only way to be teleporting consistently, but he has to die to do that. Um, so I don't know. I think if it was it, it, at the end of the movement phase, take off the, if, you, if this unit has been slain. I think if you take off if this unit has been slain and you can just teleport, I think that's great. I think it's insane. But the fact that he has to die... Um, I don't know. Is he 190 points as well, coach? Uh, I, you keep talking. I'll bring up the points. I remember the combination with Bellacore sits around 600. Yeah, I think, and that, that's, I think a, that's me, a huge though, like, investment. It, it is for like an interesting trick. I think if I want something like this, I'm more likely to go the Carcadrac or the Demonic Mount over yeah, Eternus yeah, personally. Um, but again, it's a cool model. I think just the role that it's playing, like I don't quite know what role it's playing because it's not the biggest damage dealer and the trick is nice. And then look, 
at best, you're going to bring him back twice at best. Um, probably at worst, you're going to bring him back once, right? So is it is it worth the points? The, as, uh, as well, I mean, nine, nine wounds and a free-up save. Like, he's not going to die fast either, really. Um, with Finest Hour, that's a two-up save, obviously. Um, realistically, it, it's going to be tough for him to die anyway. And when he does die, eight on 2d6 is, is higher than average if Bellacore's not around, right? Isn't seven the average on 2d6? So average dice is not going to come back anyway. Aternus is 235, by the way, so... Wow, that's a lot. So he's he's uh, actually a little bit more expensive than that the Chaos Lord on Karkadrak. So mm -hmm. which obviously I can customize being a yeah. non-unique hero. Yeah. Um obviously he's gonna fit a lot better into all of the different um sub factions as opposed to this is locked to Legion of the First Prince. Yeah. And I think just generally Legion of the First Prince isn't a strong faction. So if you're gonna run Legion and you wanna run narrative and you wanna have fun, cool, you do you. I'm not saying don't do it. But I think about what's strong at the moment. And, you know, previously when I spoke to Phil, things like Ravagers, things like Host, things like um, uh, Knights of the Empty Throne, they're the ones that stand out probably from a sub-faction more. I'm not going to ask you because we'll get to that in a second and I'll get your opinion. But yeah. I, I did want to uh, hear from you. Like, like I think if Eternus was under 200, I'd consider him. Mm -hmm. But being locked to Legion of the First Prince just makes it hard because there's other units that could fill that same role. And and being locked to undivided as well. Um, the first prince obviously means you can have an extra mark when you need it, but it's only one unit. So you have to be really selective about what you're doing and where you are on the board. Um, because if you're in combat and you need something to live, but you're in combat and you want something to die, you can only pick one mark right with first prince at a time. Yeah. So yeah, it gets a little bit a little bit more difficult in that regard as well. Yeah, if you if you're playing around with the undivided keyword and you know you tap, there's some good there's some good things around undivided, especially if you want to run the gods the god eyes of the gods table, which is a very fun set of rules, and we'll get mm -hmm. to that very shortly. Uh, it's literally the next page. It's a lot of fun um, for me as a, a tournament person. I don't like the randomness of the of the eye of the gods table, so it's not something that I want to lean into. More of a nice to have kind of buff that. Um, certainly you can build around eyes of gods mm -hmm. yeah i i completely agree with you coach i think you hit the nail cool on the head. we'll talk damn legions when we bring up the rules i want to get your take on the marks of chaos right so i'm going to assume by now most people have either read it or they can read it on screen so i'm not going to bring story time with coach and read out every single word but when you look at the marks of chaos where do you stand do you think all of them um are as equal by the way, I don't think we've talked about Zinch Mark once yet, and it's almost been an hour. So mm -hmm. I don't know if you've just forgotten about its amazingness or if it's uh, reflective of where it stands on the on the ranking of marks. Ah, Zinch is a weird one for me because it has a it has a good place in my heart because for, for the longest time I've been pushing around stuff Mark of Zinch that that is really tough to kill. I think initially the thing that leaves a bit of taste in your mouth about Mark of Zinch is the fact that it's a six up spell ignore. Um, Bear in mind, almost every unit in the book used to have a spell ignore anyway. So you've lost it off the war scroll and you have to take it an allegiance ability to get it back. So you're not actually a net buff or, or, or nerf from what, well, not a buff from where you were previously. Whereas all the others are slightly different and give you a little bit more. Um, you've already got on some of the key units that you want to use knights, Varengard, warriors, they've already got mortal wound save anyway. So if you are affected by the spell, there's a high chance you're going to ignore some of the damage. And for me, I really think that Mr. Mark with Warp Reality, I really don't see, maybe I've not seen the bigger picture and maybe someone in chat's going to completely mind boggle me, but I don't see a way in where that would 
that would be really effective. Um, it doesn't, I don't know, pick one unit, remove it, put it put it in range of the caster. Sure, um, if you want to alpha someone. By the way, it doesn't say you can't move, so I imagine you can move straight after it. Um, but if you want to alpha someone, you could pick up your big big death ball chosen, put them in front nine inches in front of your caster, then move and then charge. So you get an extra nine inches of movement, but you don't have any other buffs, so you don't have minus one to wound, you don't have plus one attack on the charge. So... I, I don't know. Marcus Inch misses the mark a little, a little bit for me. It's different in team events. If if you want to build a list that is purely around mortal wound saves and spell ignores, um, then, then sure. And, and just try and play into armies that have high cast. But I think a six up spell ignore, the chances of that actually affecting your unit are way lower than just a flat minus one to wound which you don't have to roll for, you get it all the time, or just a flat plus one attack when you charge, or just a flat plus one to run and charge. It's almost like you're having to roll for a Legion's ability. Howard oh, that's even worse. The, Howard mentioning in the FAQ that uh, the, uh, it, there's no move after the teleport, mm. so it's not even like Lodchen, the, the, the Seeker. Yeah, you've got to... Yeah, I, I, I'm a big Zinch player. I love Zinch, and um, the, the story here is that my old Slaves to the Darkness back in 6th edition was all painted like a very light blue. They were a Zinch Chaos uh, Warrior Warband, and I love them. And I'd love to do the same, but when I look at them, I'm like, I do struggle to see where the benefit is. Like, compared to some of the others, it's like, on its own, sure. Okay, six up ward against spells, cool. Uh, the the warp reality, okay, it's not bad. But then when you look over the fence and look at your neighbors, it's like, yeah, corn's it's... hot, slanesh is hot, even undivided is is hot. Nurgle's hot. It's like there's definitely a, dis a discrepancy between them and little old Zinch. I think they're paying the price for being too good in the last book, honestly. Um, and it's a shame to say that because hopefully that's not the way it works with GW, but. Reroll ones to save, and then a five yes. spell ignore if you're within range of the general. It is bananas, absolutely bananas. Last time, no, no army has ever had to pay for the sins of the past. <laughs> he did not. He of Slanesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a shame. I'm not. I'm 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 not sold on Mark of Zines. I think Undivided has has play, and I think you touched on it with Phil as well. Actually, I think you can see worlds where. There is like a Mark Soup Army where you get the best of every buff in, in certain scenarios. Um, it's good that you don't have to go all down one. Um, whereas obviously with Stormcast Host, for example, you pick a host, that's it. All your units are that host. Whereas with this, you can swap and change. You can have Nurgle Chosen. You can have Corn Chosen. You can swap and change, which I think is great. And I think you will the, the best list will make use of different marks with different units that benefit from them better than others, if that makes sense. I think we all agree that Corn, Slanesh, and Nurgle are great. I think Corn is a little bit better at the moment just because of some of the brokenness with the old battle tomes and the Blades of Corn specifically. But I think if Slanesh and Corn get reined in and those battle tomes, instead of being buffs to Corn, they're buffs to Blades of Corn, which is what is holding um, Zinch and Nurgle back because those inter inter Maggot kid uh, disciples. Yeah, like. Correct, correct. Uh, you look at Magakin of Nurgle, there's no real buffs to just Nurgle. It's always Magakin of Nurgle. So I think those three are, are relatively the same. When you look at the marks, though, do you run your armies with one mark? Do you do two marks? Do you mm -hmm. just look at the best combinations with what you've got? Um, how do you look at marking up your armies? Um, I, I, I look at the unit I've got 
and I think about what I want that unit to do. And then I apply the mark that makes the most sense. So for me, Mark and Nurgle Warriors are great because the Warriors just want to stand on a point, hopefully your opponents, because they then they get the buff from the War Scroll uh, and they last a bit longer. Um, and then things like Knights, okay, what do I want my Knights to do? I want my Knights to do damage on the charge. Okay, well, I give them a buff. I give them the, the mark that makes the most sense. So you could argue Slanesh is great for that because you can run and charge with a unit. You could argue Khan is great for that because they get an extra attack when they charge. So I think about the units I've got in my army and then apply the best marks to them. That's that's my thought process, at least anyway. I'll fit what I want to do with them. Yeah, yeah. I I look at the power. Actually, I don't even need the power pairs. Like even if I was running an army full of corn or full of slanesh, and I'm actually even thought about like you know I wouldn't mind having one sorcerer lord that could be Mark of Zinch. Like I wouldn't go all in, but they're actually if warp reality became useful, actually it's not a bad option just to have one hero that is just marked. But if I'm doing a unit, I'm probably looking for more synergies. I'm looking at how the War Shrine buffs and and um, who it, who I want it to buff, right? Mm -hmm. Which a couple of good questions. Um, first one is, I struggled with this actually because one of the first things I did after I read this book is I looked at the other books. I'm like, right, what is Blades of Corn got? What is Disciples of Zinch got? What has everyone got? And yeah. who could be a good uh, unit? Because first off, there's no coalition anymore. That's no. a big change. So if you were in the old book, you could bring in one in every four could could come in from another yeah. book. Um, and you could go over your ally pool because it was a coalition, not an ally. That's gone. You can now steal an ally in from Hidden Knights of Slanesh, blah, blah, blah. But the synergies that coalition used to bring and some of the cheekiness is no longer there. So back to the original question. Have you seen any good Disciples of Zinch models that could be brought in? I struggled, personally, because I just didn't like Zinch as a mark in general. So for me, the one that stood out initially was the Blue Scribes, but there was an FAQ whereby he can't have access to his lore anymore unless he's in a Disciples of Zinch army. So that took him out straight away, but you could have, um, you could have had a Blue Scribe with, I'm pretty sure... Um, the, the new um, Shield of Fate is just a Zinch unit. So it gives you a five-up ward. So previously, you could have had the Blue Scribes in to give any unit you wanted a five-up ward. You can't do that now because it doesn't have access to the law. So when that went, I sort of stopped looking at the Disciples of Zinch units that you can put in there purely because I'm not really going to play with the, the Mark of Zinch. Mm. I think one good use of Mark of Zinch where, where you would see some uses in first prints, you could have that Zinch Chaos Sorcerer that you spoke about, and then you could make a unit mark of zinch for that one turn to teleport them and, and get a bit of maneuverability out of them i think that's the one time that that you'd probably use the the mark of zinch with the chaos on in first prints. i because... think the only thing that really stands out for me would be the zangor enlightened or like the, the sky fires though you know was it the one that shuts down inspiring presence that um, enlightened enlightened yeah like i think a unit of six i'd have to look at the points to see if i could do unit of six but i think for me that's probably one of the few i, I want someone because of coalition and allies I need someone who's self-reliant yeah. and if I'm running knights or I need some speed or if I've got some shenanigans, maybe it's the, the Nurgle demon prince that shuts off the ward and I'm, I'm shutting down inspiring presence and, um, and things like that. That could be a really nice combo. Yeah. Yeah. And, and lighting the good on their own. I think, um, th they're a good use. Um, the banners are really good point as well. Um, again, I, th I think it's, 
I think it's specific to what you're doing with it. I think the Marcus each comes into its own in team events where you can decide what you're playing against. If you know you want to play an army that's got super high saves and fighting against shooting a lot, you could put the banner on a unit of, of warriors with um, expert conquerors that aren't going to die, stick them on a point. They're never going to get shot off because they've got a high save and a four at ward. But you have to know what you're playing against. If you give them if you give them the mark and, and the banner and, and you get drawn in singles against no shooting, you've effectively wasted the banner, right? Yeah. And the, the banner is yeah. such, such a key piece. I mean, it's literally plus one to wound if it's corn or, or minus one rend attacking you if it's Nurgle. So it's just so niche. It's just so niche, yeah. which is, which that, is the that, problem. That's my challenge with, with the Zinch mark. Um, and do, do these marks affect coalition units in other armies? No, because no. the Eyes of the Gods table is an allegiance ability to Slaves of Darkness. They can bring over the guys of the god keyword like if you bring that into your beast of chaos or whatever sure take that but the actual allegiance ability is a slave to the darkness allegiance so no it doesn't work that way no unfortunately it doesn't um but again having a six up spelling though on the enlightened you put in your army wouldn't be that great anyway would it but if all of a sudden it's minus one to win some nurgle flies you put in your list then that is obviously a big problem <laughs> so talk to talk to me about mark of corn for a second mm -hmm. is there any units that you think or what's the archetype of the unit that would benefit most to corn so stuff that already gets buffs on the charge because the way you want to play that unit and get the most effectiveness out of it is you want to charge anyway so knights are a great example of that you want to be charging anyway to get the most damage uh, so why not get an extra attack when you get there it just makes them more killy. Um, and like I mentioned with the Theradons, anything that has high damage attacks, generally speaking, because it gives you more of an opportunity to do more damage with just one extra attack. So the, the Axe Theradons are a good example. Um, and the, typically speaking, the Marker Corn is for stuff that you know you can reliably charge and you want to do more damage when you charge or it's already durable enough to not need the Mark of Nurgle. So even Chaos Warriors... With the Mark of Corn, if you're on an objective in your opponent's territory, with Galician Vets at the minute, and with the fact that you can fight in two ranks, um, I'm pretty sure you're going to have four attacks <clears throat> four attacks per guy if you charge in your opponent's territory. And if you've got a unit of 20, I mean, that's 80 attacks at 3 series, round 1-1, one, one, so it's, it's a lot of attacks. Um, anything that you can charge reliably, so that probably rules Warriors out, honestly, because they're only a 5-inch move. I was thinking, you know, Warriors, no... That you know your Varengard, your uh, Chaos Knights, your yep. uh, some of the even like a Chaos Soul Lord, grinders. Soul Grinders, anything that anything that you you want to be offensive and you want to get them in turn one to turn two, even turn three, um, they're they're quite good. That's the same archetype for me when I look at Slanesh, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's a very similar archetype. You know, instead of getting the plus one, uh, is it attack? I'm going to get run and charge um and uh the, the banner's got some some very oh and you also get plus one to run and charge as well so they become a little bit faster when do you use slanesh versus when do you use corn mm. so I, I think i think you've hit the nail on the head they, they both want to go on the same units but slanesh just gets you there faster whereas corn when you get there you do a bit more damage so in my opinion I would prefer to just use corn purely because a lot of the units already get the plus one to run and charge um, with the with the um, the musician. I think the not run and charge, sorry, plus one to charge. The run and charge from the command ability is good, and that also pairs in really well with the spell 
you know, the 3d6 charge spell. But at that point, if you're getting plus two to your running charge, you're getting run, sorry, plus two to charge, you're getting run and charge, and then you charge on 3d6. I think at that point, you're probably already there anyway. So I don't know. I can see a world where you slingshot some knights really far up the board with Marcus Lanesh. I can see that happening. Um, but personally, I'd rather I'd rather do more damage when I get there, hence the mark of corn. I don't know. See the yeah, see the, the from my side of the fence, it's I, I look, let's look look at the Theridans, right? The Ogroids. They have a base move of six. Yep. If I can get them to run, so plus one. Um, if I if I even if I use a command point to run them six. So that means their base move is now 12, if with the, including the run, and I'm able to run and charge as well with the um, with the, the command ability. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, there's a greater chance that they're going to get into combat. Yep. Or if I look at things like the War Shrine, and we'll get to that soon, the three, it allows you, if the prayer is successful, to do a 3d6 charge. All of a sudden, I've got a more consistent delivery mechanism, but you're 100% right, when it hits pound for pound, Corn hits harder, Slanesh hits more consistently when yeah. it comes to getting into combat. So I don't have to worry 100%. as much about higher dice rolls or if 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 and where. And it's like I'm going to get more choice on the table. I think, I think for me with it with this Slanesh one, um, if you have if you have and use screens effectively, you don't need to do the big long bomb charges because the way that screens are supposed to work is your opponent hits the screens, kills the screens, and then in your turn you can then charge, and the idea is you're a little bit closer. Um, and also, don't forget, in, in most of the battle plans, you're only 18 inches apart anyway. So if you have a way to make your opponent go first, they will inevitably move at the board a little bit, and, and in that case, you're in charge range with most of your stuff anyway. So I, I don't know. I think Marcus Lanesh will keep you safe early because you can be right at the back of the board. You can make your opponent go first, and you can hit them where you want to, especially with the... The, the good the good example is knights where you get plus one to charge from the war score you get plus one to charge from the mark you get run and charge from the command ability and then you get the spell to charge on 3d6 as well so 3d6 plus two run and charge you can be wherever you want to be instantly really i don't know by the way by the way I, i'm not recommending the mark of slanesh on knights that's just overkill or if you do yeah. you're not using the prayer the 3d6 prayer on the knights you're doing that with chosen or something yeah. else so you've got two units hitting at the same time mm-hmm. that's overkill but it, it's helping me as we talked earlier it's closing the gap on those movement five chosen it's yeah. the the warriors it's the it's the theridans it's the cultists anything that's got like a an okay movement that you want to splintered fang could be another one you want to get yeah, them yeah. into combat you know quicker um I think that, I think that's a really valid point because a lot of the time people will look at chosen and just go, but they move too slow. I'm not bothered. Whereas if you give them the mark of Slanesh, all of a sudden they they effectively move like a mounted unit because they move five, they run and charge with a command ability. So all of a sudden they're moving eleven plus one to charge and then charging as well. And if you do put the shrine in, like you said, it's a three d six charge. So yeah, I, I can see that. But I, I think from my point of view, coach, I would rather them either last longer when they get there or do more damage when they get there. That's just my, I, my I, opinion. I am not disagreeing, but I think it goes back to the core of this discussion is that there's a lot of cool flexibility and there's arguments 100%. on a lot of a lot of the sides that if you want to run knights, you could definitely do it with Slanesh. You want to run them in corn? Absolutely. You want to have both. You have one and the other. Absolutely. Why not? Although the law gods might disagree with you. Mm-hmm. But yes, yes, the the shrine, the war shrine, and Sigvold is my favorite new combination. <laughs> is uh, is my absolute favorite. Like for yeah. me, I'm like one. I want an excuse to paint Sigvold. Two, 
Sigvol is just like a perfect tank to, to respond to like the Cron Spine or something that I just need to tank up. But three for 205 points, he's such a great ally because mm. he's just utility. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Sig Sigvald is great. He, he hasn't made it into any of my list at the minute, but I certainly see a place where you'd put him, like you mentioned, tanking a cron spine. I think he's great in, in Slanesh when he... Does he deep strike on his war scroll, coach? Or is that from being... I think that's an allegiance ability. I don't think it's a... You keep talking. I'll have a quick yeah. look. I'm pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure it's not a war scroll ability. I think it's allegiance as as, as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, being able to charge him three d six is obviously really good because he's just he, he is that solo hero. I'm going to go kill some stuff. Um, and, and the reason and the reason why, just by the way, if you have people haven't looked at um, Sigvold, is his attack profile is based off the charge roll. So um, yeah. Where is it? It's, it's the same oh. as um, the 3d6 charges for like the ogre units, right? It just makes what they do already better. You know, if you put Kragnos in with, with Stonehorns, for example. Oh, also, he gets plus three to his charge roll. So he also gets a, you know, 3d6 plus three. Like that's that threat range is just off the charts. Yeah, it's it is bonkers. It is bonkers. Yeah, I think I think it is Lewin Hayes. I think it is a sub faction. So we, we can't do a deep striking um siggy in this particular list that no and, and that's that's a bit of a shame but yeah i mean i still think he's good with the um because it's just slanish keyword for the unnatural speed like you're right so look for 205 points he's incredible and we just talked about the demon prince at like 195 or whatever like yeah he's okay for his points now we've got to remember the same points basically it's like yeah sigvol is just off the charts <laughs> yeah 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 100 and just going back to what you said about the um the enlightened as well they can be minus one to wound as well you know from the war shrine because there's just each keyword so yeah there's a lot of interesting things like i think whenever, whenever i'm looking at like my coalition i think someone asked about beasts of chaos i might bring that comment up i can't remember where it was but um i'm looking for things that are independent right um yeah things that can do their role like i look at nurglings for example um nurglings could be an interesting um unit although then that competes with corbus cavol it's like well mm -hmm. i'd rather yeah. stay in-house i'm looking for things that there's not a lot of keyword synergy at the moment and whatever whatever there is i expect to be closed off in the next six months yeah i'm looking for things that have strong war scrolls that don't need any additional synergies from slaves because it's, it's they're not likely you know that's why bellacore in other people's armies is so good because yeah. bellacore is self-contained he does his thing and he doesn't need anyone else well 100 and like you said it's, it's looking outside the book for stuff that isn't in the book and sometimes it's already in the book i mean one good thing about beast of chaos which which i was considering using before the new book came out was um chaos warhounds um, mm. I had loads of problems playing against Beast of Chaos. Um, played against Dan a lot, and he got beat a lot, and it was very demoralizing. Um, but if if you use Beast of Chaos, um, Warhound, sorry, they're eighty points for ten. They've got such a big footprint. If you if you invest one hundred and sixty points, you can block the entire back of your board. So no gore are going to walk on the back of the board and just stand on your objectives, which was the big problem for me. I didn't have enough units to stop him being where he wants to be so chaos warhounds are still good for that if you're playing against um if you're playing against beast of chaos regularly are they are they units of 10 or units of five i'm pretty sure it's a unit of 10 i thought it was fives i thought they were two wounds a piece but i will check for you now coach i think, that's I think right. that's fle flesh hounds you're thinking about no unit size is 10 uh for 80 wow. points they're one wound each they move 10 as well 
Yeah, okay. I, I tell you who I'd be bringing in from Beast of Chaos. Oh, no, damn it. <laughs> yeah, Indrust is not in Beast of Chaos. A cockatrice, yeah. The, the uh, cockatrice. Because cock I think one the one thing that, that this book is lacking is good shooting. Yeah. Uh, especially mortal wound shooting. I like you could get like sl slick blade archers from, from other armies or against Zangor yeah. or yeah, yeah. Like you could get some shooting from other, but the cockatrice being a little monster, self-contained, does some mortals, very cheap for its points. Yeah. Like that's that's what I would draw from Beast of Chaos. Because otherwise, like I don't need a Gorgon, I don't need um the chaff, I don't need the cheap gores and ungores, because I've already got that in my cultists. Yeah. Um, I don't need I don't need Bulgore. I've got Theridans if I want to go into that route. Yeah. Um I I think a cockatrice is a good shout. I think any anything that can do mortal wounds at a distance is great. Um another little bonus about the Chaos Warhounds is the base move 10 coach, and when they run, um you don't roll, you just add six. So they move 16 as well. So 80 points for 10 models that move 16. And the footprint is massive. So they, they really do fill a niche from a competitive point of view if you want to put those horrible old models in your army. <laughs> I think I think what we're saying here, folks, is go have some fun. Go look at the go open your AOS app. Look at the other because you've got a deep ally pool, right? Beasts of Chaos, Blades of Corn, Disciples of Siege, Mangakin of Nurgle, Heed Knights. You just don't ally with Skaven. So it's pretty much an entire Grand Alliance, right? Pretty much. Correct. Massive. Correct. So you can go in and you can find the whole. You need either something that's going to synergize well. For example, you mentioned <laughs> Chaos. Ca you said chaos knights, right? You don't want them to hit mm. the chaff screen. So how do I remove a chaff screen? It could be, you know, some slanish archers. It could be some some zinch shooters. It yep. could be the cockatrice. Mm -hmm. um, it could be the gore and ungore that have is it the ungore have some shooting. Ungore raiders, yeah. Yeah, you you, you could you could pull. And look, if you need a monster, yeah, sure, bring a cycle. Whatever you do, you do you. Oh, you got sorry. a problem with endless spells? You get a cycle. But the point is, is that, you know, that could be a nice little ally that could remove those screens. So then those those warriors, those chosen, those Theridan are going to hit what you really want to hit as opposed to the chaff line. Yep. Yep. hundred um, percent. And I think that's another great benefit of the slaves. But you can literally, if you wanted to, you could play a different list every day for an entire year because there's so many options. So many maybe, options. Maybe I should get an affiliate link. <laughs> But I've got I've got some stuff on my sleeve, so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll push them. Just play an element. Go buy some pro, stuff. Pro, probably one of the only people that doesn't have an element games referral, <laughs> crystals and stuff. Uh, yeah. Are we talking about knights? No, we're talking more just generally. I think what we're talking here more is just thinking about if you're going to go into your ally pool, um, yeah. thinking about what role you need your ally to fill and um, mm -hmm. where you can. Get, you know what do you need and and, and who's feeling there are some interesting war scrolls and some interesting spells and some abilities but overall synergistically there's not really a lot where you can tap into the corn nurgle slanish keyword and bring it in and as we've mentioned blood secreta i think the juggernaut of corn as well there is some things but it's a little gap enjoy it while it lasts yeah yeah the, the corn one's the one that stands out like you said but hopefully it doesn't last forever and you know 100 like unironically the the bliss barb archer seekers um they're, they're they're not too bad they're actually not too bad now that their points started to drop so i think look i think just look, go explore go look at what synergizes is actually a very fun exercise but i want to talk about the other fun stuff which is the other parts of the allegiance you got your two yep. heroic actions and you got the eyes of the gods table um 
Eyes of the Gods table, absolutely fantastic. There is literally no consistency. You roll and you hope for the best and hopefully the right thing happens to you at the right time. Hopefully you don't roll a two and turn into a spawn. Hopefully, like if you want to go into demonhood, hopefully it's just like on a minor hero and it's not on your general. Um. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think um, the Eyes of the Gods for me, I only really make use of it with Chosen if they're in the army. Um, I think it's really difficult for the, the heroes to actually kill a hero or a monster, especially when most of the time the hero that this applies to the most would literally just be a Chaos Sorcerer Lord who stands at the back and buffs people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if you take a Chaos, Chaos Lord on a on a Chimera or a Manticore, sorry, and, and start throwing him about, then, then it, you could definitely get some, some use out of it. Um, but I think for me, obviously, n- result number three all the way down to number eight is where you're rolling for your, your chosen, really. Um, and if you roll a six, they get an extra point of rend, which is which is really good. Yeah, yeah. There's some, there's some quite a look. I'm not going to talk about them because you can't you can't choose. You, there's no, no way it's... of getting what you want when you want. But it is yep. interesting that some of them you can you know roll on the eyes of the gods table when you claim an art claim a uh, uh, what is it a um, an objective. There's yeah, some yeah. interesting rules. There's some very interesting rules, but I think Eyes of the Gods, fantastic. My advice is you can't rely on it. It's mm-hmm. inconsistent. Enjoy it. It's fun, but don't build a plan around it. The thing the thing that always gets to me the most about... Um... Oh, okay, never mind. It's, it, it does say now on 11 to 12, you can choose a different a different thing, but previously, if you rolled in 11 or 12, you just became a chaos, um, became a demon prince, and you'd, yeah, you'd you lose the to. benefits of being a, a chaos sorcerer, Lord, which is why you want them in the army in the first place. So, yeah, it's good you can choose a, choose one now. But like you said, it's completely random. You're never going to be able to choose, um, or, or at least on the units that, that I want to make use of it. So don't build a list around it, but it's a cool little quirk. And it's unique, right? It's unique to slaves, so it's good. Can I just pause you for a second before we get to the um, the heroic actions? Um, question from the chat mentioning, initially they said, you know, we talk about knights and, you know, the string off this conversation is, you know, they believe that knights have lost a bit of punch if they don't charge. Um, I, can't, I can't agree or disagree that you lose 30% of the damage profile if you don't charge. Mm-hmm. Um, what I wanted your thoughts more on, is I think we're all high on knights. I think I talked to Phil, he's high on knights. We're, we're both high on knights. I wanted to talk at the other side. We haven't really talked much about Varangard. Now, yeah. I know you were a little bit disappointed with Varangard, or maybe you're not as high as you were previously. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got 18 Varangard painted in the cabinet behind me. Um, I used to love Varangard. I played basically exclusively Knights of the Empty Throne. Um, and I think that they are a victim of the fact that a lot of the buffs have gone. So they've gone up in points. Initially, they've gone up 10 points, and they've lost a lot of stuff off the War Scroll. Granted, their attack profile is a little bit more consistent now. Uh, previously, it was kind of all over the place, but you had the ways and means to buff them to make it consistent. So Demonic Power is a great example of that. Um, and my experience playing with them in the new book is that they just die a little bit too fast. So the five wounds, it's 290 points. So they're effectively 60-point models. Um their output is okay. They can fight twice, and it's not fight twice last like it is with a chosen. But I think I think they're a victim of the fact that it's such a big points investment. If if you're playing with a unit of six uh, to make use of the ever chosen rally, uh, you want to play a unit of six so you can effectively rally back before they die and leave them on one rally, rally some back. I think it's too many points with not enough buffs now. Um, they lost the spell ignores on their 
on the war scroll. So they still have spell ignores, uh, sorry, mortal wound saves, which is great because they didn't have a mortal wound save before. They've just got a flat five at mortal wound save now. But if you put it into context, there were 10 less points. You had plus three to the save regularly. You had reroll hits and wounds. And they could be heroes, have finest hour and stuff. And that is also gone with Knights of the Empty Throne. So I was going to say that that's changed. And we'll talk about that when we get to the, the page. I think it's literally the next page. The the way that Varengard work as a hero. Previously, it used to be the whole unit was a hero, right? Now it's yep. more like Lumineth, where that one champion is the wizard and everyone else is, is not a wizard. But I don't think it's hero keyword either. It's leader keyword, right? Yeah, it's leader, so it's... but it's not hero. So they can't get an artifact. No, I, I, I think they... They can't get a command tree, is that right? There's something they're missing. Um, where, where is it? Where is it? Uh, nice, the empty throne. Uh, they get the leader battlefield role. Yeah. So they're not a they're not a hero. So they're they're like they're like the opposite of Gotrek, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because Gotrek's a hero, but not a leader. He's <laughs> he's like like the opposite of Gotrek. Yeah, I, I just think that overall, it's just obviously the fact they can run in charge all the time is great, uh, and you could have armies with loads of knights that can all run and charge because it's just units that have a mount um which which is fantastic but their niche was the fact that one unit of Varengard would have an artifact by the way which would stop you retreating a command trait which means they could pile in six which was always the kicker a lot of people have no idea how to play around that and you can really take advantage of that especially with fight twice because you were at the point where you charged something else would kill the unit you get to pile in pile in because you've charged and all of a sudden you're within three, so you can fight again. Mm. So there was ways around that, and, and it was fantastic. And dragons are a good example where if you charge them with Varengard previously, you'd get Overwatch 100% or Unleash Held, but you didn't have to charge them. You could just pile in six. Whereas that's gone. You're going to get Overwatch Unleash Held, sorry, 40k reference all the time now. And that was the biggest kicker because even against stuff like Sentinels, you, you, you'd have a field day because you just pile in six and take no Unleash Held. Whereas now there's a lot of mortal wound shooting, which is just going to hurt them. So... They still have the one mortal wound with the Demon Forge Blades. Um, they've still got the same amount of attacks with them. Gained a point of rend, which is cool. Um, the Relentless Killer is still the same. Uh, you still have to be within three. And they've got a four-up ward against mortal wounds, which is good. Don't get me wrong, it's good. But previously, you had three spell ignores instead, which is probably a little bit more reliable. Um, bit over, and the bit, a bit, maybe a little bit overkill, too. Yeah, and, and the Fell Spears are still good. I think the Fell Spears are great. And I'd, I'd even be tempted to have Fell Spears... Fell Spears, Mark of Corn would, would be great, or, or whatever you want, Mark of Nurgle. That's what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking was going to be the corn uh, marked Varengard. Mm. Yeah. Um, they will do a lot of damage. They will do a lot of damage. Um, but I just think they're going to die too fast now. But I think that's the theme in the book, to be fair, um, because we used to abuse the fact that we could get plus five save on a unit and real wants to save, and it was a bit ridiculous. Which, which you know, probably yes, when you compare it to the old world, yes. But, you know, was that abusive? Probably yes. Plus <laughs> yeah. five to save. Is a bit <laughs> yeah. Listen, if you can't, if I can't have my minus four to hit Gloom Spike Gits, you cannot have your minus five, plus five save. I think that's only yeah. fair. I played against um, Cron at Worlds from the Team Australia team. Hey, I've got yeah. a picture on my phone of, I used to use little tokens to mark my plus one to save. And I was fighting Marathi with three Varangard and I had plus five to save re-rolling ones. And I killed Marathi before she did any damage to the Varangard. So that shows you how stupid it was back in the day. Yeah. 
yeah you're disgusting quickly on the vows of darkness let's let's power through this i think we're like yeah. I, i'm loving this chat by the way but it's 90 minutes already and we're only just scratching the surface on allegiance abilities yeah um yeah. do you see a world where you use either of these um heroic actions especially like archaeon's um oh no no, no he's he's a he's a now uh, monstrous rampages if you know he's a, he's a monstrous um, rampages I, th I think yes coach is the short answer i think that it's a shame if you take a demon prince as well you kind of do you do the demon prince one or do you do this one obviously there's a command trait where you can do a second one with the demon prince um but i don't know i think the eye of the gods one for me i, I don't think i'd use unless i had a plan to to buff up a, a dude on a manic car and make him go crazy but i think the the draw on power is really good um especially yeah. for for demonic power where you want to get plus one to hit and wound onto that mortal unit specifically mortal unit like somebody pointed out or you desperately need to get mr shield off an archaeon or, or you desperately want to do a 3d6 charge um i think drawing power is just good it's just night if you put that heroic action to any book people would love it and i think yeah. it's just a, a solid heroic action yeah, it's, it's well worth the risk of rolling two ones and taking the D6 mortal wounds instead of mm -hmm. D3 because it, it's certain times where you need that clutch spell to go off or you're up against uh, Disciples of Zinch or Lumineth or some type of croak. You really need that spell to go off. It's great to have a tool to be able to actually improve that consistency. Yeah, at least try, right? At least try. Like, you know, there's nothing worse than you go up against those matchups, and they, even like bloody Thankwell with his plus three or plus four near a Narhol or whatever. Yeah. Like, you, you've got at least you got a chance. You got a fighting chance. It almost it almost seems like a shame to disregard all, all the artifacts, but the, the drawing power is so good on a like a master of magic arcane tome guy because he gets an extra cast anyway, so it affects both your casts. Um, and yeah. there's no reason why you can't re-roll that either. So, obviously, the unmodified roll. You will take the mortal wounds, but you can reroll it if you want to. What are your thoughts on the command traits? I'm not going to share mine because I already went in detail with Phil. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm going to assume that people had listened to that or they're going to watch it later. What's your favorite command traits? <laughs> my favorite my favorite one for a demon prince is the bolster by chaos. Um, I think it's great. Add two wounds and become a monster. Um, the heat that the radiance is is interesting as well. Um, I think if if he is in the right place, um, then you can stay alive forever, killing those really really small units, which doubles down on what we said before about being mobile, killing battle line. Um, not to be denied is obviously great if if you're using the draw and power all the time. For me, it's difficult for the ones that stand out with the slaves to darkness only ones. So, death dealer what's what's that going to go on realistically um it would be good on a chaos lord and carcadrat possibly um yeah the idolator lord is interesting because you need that if you if you're playing with um corn um splinter fan yeah yeah you're definitely going heavy but but i do like idolator lord as well because they become a priest and it allows you to counter some of the things like daughters of cain and fire slayers who have some grand strategies or some abilities like you can't get rid 100 percent the heart of fury you can't get rid of the, the the fire slayers and deny them the grand strategy right and by the mm -hmm. way daniel knight in the chat saying um you will basically miscast if you have the 3d6 the miscast chance is 7.4 so i think that's a you know you'll miscast one in every like 13 14 games so in a tournament you may miscast once so mm -hmm. pretty yeah. good odds yeah and, and and that's that's the worst case scenario but best case scenario the chance of getting the spell off is obviously much higher so risk risk and reward that's the one that stands out for me i think art sorcery is is good but it's a shame because i don't think the spell law is particularly great 
Um, no, there's like one or two spells you really want, but it's not like you're swimming with spells. And yes, um, Anonymous, if you become a monster, you gain a monstrous rampage. So yes, your demon prince would be having monstrous rampages if they got bolstered by chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're monster keyword and monster keyword gets the monstrous rampage. And then we're just not sure about the interaction with, with, um, uh, ravagers getting not ravagers, so just spoilers getting two more wounds if you're a monster. Yes, gotta which yeah, one affects it first. So, and there's a couple of clarifications. Like, I know you talked to me earlier about um, if a demon prince, um, if a demon prince was to look at the command traits, do they get all eight of these, or is it just the the four? Because a demon prince is a hero, yeah. they are a hero. So, is it are they eligible for the left table, or is it just the right table yeah, yeah. again? Exactly, question exactly. mark. Let's let's wait for the clarification, yeah. What are the artifacts? Um, the Demon Prince ones. I mean, Infernal Puppet is the one that stood out when people first read it. Um, I think being able to to put that onto Croak or something is great, um, which which is cool. But I think that Helm of Many Eyes is great for Demon Prince. I would like to have seen Helm of Many Eyes on the Slate of Darkness one because I know Phil mentioned about Chaos Source Lords and Retinues. If you had an always fight first Chaos Source Lord that could then make his Retinue fight, all of a sudden the Chosen or the Warriors are always fighting first which is something missed in my opinion because the Karkadrak Lord obviously has the always fight first and then can give it to somebody else. Um, the Conqueror's Crown is an interesting one, especially with, with Galivets around and expert conquerors. The look on somebody's face when you get that on a demon prince, put him into the middle of a unit that he's like, your opponent's going, well, they count as 30. Well, all of a sudden they don't count as anything, which is great. Um, and same with Helm of the, the Oppressor. Um, they, they both do really similar things. They, they're going into those units that you want to you want to kill or render useless um but again it's all down to an faq because if they say no you can't put them on a demon prince then all of a sudden it's a bit like okay well the conqueror's crown is great but i don't really want my chaos my chaos sorcerer lord going into the unit and sending it off it gets a bit a bit weird i don't think the foot heroes are good enough to make these useful if it's only for the foot heroes in my opinion conqueror's crown might work on a foot hero who's defending a home objective right because then yep. they're denying those because usually it's not like four four or five wound heroes going i mean obviously if a flying yeah, right. hero you're goes right. in different story but it actually might not be you know canary come in for example cool steal the objective i don't care you can't claim it exactly yeah exactly and that's a, that's a good use of that as well but i think stuff like the conqueror's crown and the old command ability for knights of the empty throne where you reduce the amount of models someone counts as i think stuff like that is really good and can catch your opponent out quite a lot so i like conqueror's crown on demon prince running around and, and killing the battle line and making them useless yeah personally. yeah the helm of the oppressors i I, I do love helm of the oppressor especially now that there's a lot more four up uh, rallies five up rallies 100%. and also inspiring presence being limited now especially as you talked earlier the demon prince you know nurgle shutting off wards yep. there's so many other ways that you like you could do some serious damage to a reinforced or multi-wound unit with a lot yeah, of bravery 100 ones that stand out with that sort of stuff is like if you if you finally get into like the bow snakes because what people do is they kill from the front and rally and shoot you again anyway and teleport away so if they can't do that it's great but it's difficult to get there so yeah, and you know what? It could work on a Lord on Kakadrak or a demon, a mounted demon. Yeah, I think the question though is do I want it or is there something else that fits them better? And like the Helm of the Oppressor, I'd probably choose on a, a Kakadrak or a, a mounted demon prince, yeah. a mounted demon, a mounted lord instead of the Conqueror's Crown. Yeah, 100%. I think they, they both work quite well on them. Um, 
And and yeah, they're, they're the two that stand out. Infernal Puppet's okay. Um, and and Lance in the chat now this as well. Conqueror's Crown could be sick when Beast of Chaos and Grots come out in a few months. So mm -hmm. if they go into a Horde meta and you're shutting off Inspiring Presence and Rally, whew, in addition and, and, to like shutting off like Daughters of Cain and some of the other, you know, that that this could be tasty. And 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 you are hundred percent right. If you've got Conqueror's Crown on on your Chaos Lord or Chaos Social Lord at the back of the board. Um, and then the Ungors are walking on. They're not going to steal the point off you, are they? Which is the best yeah. use of that. I think we'll keep it out. Do we think, you know, Carl asking, uh, you know, do we think the, the Demon Prince is as lame as Vince Ventrella, I assume, is, is recommending? Look, I think I think we're lukewarm. I think there's some things that it can do. I think you're just spoilt for choice when it comes to Slaves of the Darkness, and there are just some things that are better. There yeah. is a role. There is a role. For 200 points, he's okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. But I think for 200 points, I'd rather seek Vault. For 200 points, right now, I would rather a Blood Secretor and a Blood Stoker. I would rather a Chaos Lord on Carcadrac. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's meta-dependent. I think a Nurgle one turning off wards is good. But again, yes. it's a big a big investment to do that. I, I think my, my use of him, like I said a million times, is stick some wings on him, make him kill some chaff, and be a bit of a pain around the edges of the board. Favorite spells? I don't don't really have any. Um, Binding Domination is good. For, always fight last is, is never going to be bad. The problem I have with the spells, Coach, is that the Chaos Social Lords War Scroll spell is so good, you will never cast any other spell, in my opinion, if you're playing with mortal units. It used to be way not better it, when it was reroll everything. Not even Demonic Speed? I, I don't have knights in the list that we're going through, so it doesn't apply to me. But I think Demonic Speed is Demonic Speed on Archeon is the one that obviously stands out. Um, if you can make Archeon charge 3d6 cool that's amazing and then binding damnation is also good if you put if you put it on archeon because you pick that unit you want to go fight with archeon they fight last archeon's been sent in with demonic speed and it's it's a shame really because i think that mask of darkness was a really really good utility spell that we used to be able to have access to and, and that's gone which is a shame um but demonic speed good if you've got the right build for it 100 binding damnation fighting last also good but it's just a bit uninspiring. I, I, I don't know. I'm not blown over by it, at least anyway. But as you called out, Demonic Speed, a lot of people are talking about it, but you must uh, be putting it on a mounted unit. Yep. So if you're basing it around Warriors or Chosen, you can't do it. It needs to be Knights, Varangard. And that, that's actually why I'm, I'm actually okay on Varangard because I could use Demonic Speed on the Varangard. I could use um, uh, the War Shrine um, with Slanesh to do a 3D6 with the Chosen uh, plus the Run and Charge. So you can get some fast deliveries. But again, I'm I'm going much more on the, um, the Slanesh side. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think that, um, yeah, it, it's... Yeah, I mean, being able to charge with an 18 is good, but it fits what you want to do, especially. Yeah, plus, plus, you know, I love that your commitment to the law where you corn is not a magic kind of person, <laughs> so you're just committed to, like, no magic. What about yeah. the banners? The ban the banners to me is, like, what Greg brought me to, to Slaves to the Darkness. Um, mm -hmm. Do you like the banners? Do you like all of the banners? Is it worth going into um, Host of the Ever Chosen to get a second banner? Or even looking at like you know different battalions to get an extra banner. Would you go three banners? Um, I I wouldn't go three banners because I I I generally just play with Corn and Nurgle anyway, so I'd have to play with the third mark to be able to get get use out of that. 
um, yeah, 100%. It's, it's great in host they ever chosen because you can get two ways of stopping Arcane Bolt and Inspiring Presence. Um, so, so no, but I think I think the Slanesh banner makes Slanesh even more competitive with Corn because you get the plus one attack as well. So, yeah, I I don't think any of them are particularly bad. I think the four at water shooting is great situationally, but we've already spoke about Zinch as a whole. Um, I think the Nurgle one's great, and before the nerf, it was insane, absolutely insane. Um, but it's still good because you, you will have a high ward, a high save characteristic on Knights, Chosen, or Warriors anyway. So making them do one less pip of rend every time they fight is great. And then Corn plus one to wound, again, the, the, the free buffs that are all great. So I think they're a really good addition to the, to the book, at least anyway. It's just a shame yeah, you can't they... stack them. That's, that's the only problem. Like two banners? Or like you can't have the same banner twice. Different units, obviously, but you can't have the same banner twice in your army regardless. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a shame because if, if you play host they ever chosen and you have all one mark, you are basically never going to be able to get two banners. I was going to say it does. It does mean you've got to be a bit more soupy. I'm sure there are some slaves to darkness players that just want to go all in on one god. And I think, yeah, uh, surprisingly, yeah, you can't, you know, get a second banner on the same. But like, I look at the blasphemous icon. I'm not really a fan of it. The dread banner, eh? So unless I'm doing two marks, like I, I'm not worried about the second banner. But yeah, definitely for me. You know, and by the way, the Nurgle change is that it's no longer an aura with twelve-inch aura. That's just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it's just the unit. It's just the unit um, yeah. is minus one ren. So yeah. you know, Nur Nurgle, Nurgle Slanesh or Nurgle Corn is the most likely combinations you'll see. Yeah. Um, if I had a third one, maybe no. I, I can't even lie. I can't even say the Zinch banner. Like I'm sorry, I can't. But I, you know, maybe I'll have Zinch. Uh, sorry, sorry, Nurgle, Slanesh, and Corn. Maybe I have one independent Corn unit that does its thing, while most of my army Slanesh and Nurgle. I don't know. I think. I think. Um, I, even from speaking to you, Coach, I think it's changed my opinion a little bit on Slanesh um, chosen because I think that as long as you have the Insulsal Banner in your charge, and I think that they're they're up there with Corn. Obviously, you lose plus one to wound, so. You lose plus one to wound, but you gain the three d six charge. So that's the trade off. Yes, yes. So it depends on distance and where you want them to be. But if you wanted to have two fighty units of chosen, you could have a slanesh one and you could have a corn one. Or if you wanted which, to have, you which is where I've been. Which is where I've been. I've like, oh, do I do like a combination? Yes, the yeah. law says they hate each other, but maybe the law is they're fighting to see who's better, and maybe yeah. they want to like fight to see who does the most damage. But I, yeah. I see a world where those two work in in. In, in, yeah. in unison 100 and it's almost like if you want stuff to fight well in combat but it's a foot unit slanesh may be better when if it's a knighted unit corn may be better because you don't necessarily need to have the 3d6 charge all the time because you have access from a spell as well that's kind of where i've landed that's where i've landed is that corn mounted slanesh foot mm -hmm. that's my little thing yep yep and then uh, it's hard to disagree with that. I think the only the only concern I would have is sometimes you'd get a bit too gung ho with the, with a Slanesh foot unit, and all of a sudden you find them in absolute Antarctica. They're on their own now, and you can't buff them. Whereas with corn, you have to be a bit more conservative with that, I suppose, because you don't have the ability to just slingshot them 18, 18 inch charges up the board. No, no. I think you see the knights maybe in the Varangard, especially corn ones hitting maybe the flank a little bit more and compressing in, while yeah. the chosen definitely could be up in the middle of the board where most of the objectives are. And 
you don't have to worry too much or you can keep buffing them as they go. They, they do need a little bit more babysitting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you talked about, uh, you talked a little bit already about the uh, the Knights of the Empty Throne with the Varen guards. So I want to loop back to this. Um, um, sorry, I was just reading a, 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 a comment from the chat. It was an interesting one. Chaos Chosen doesn't need a banner. You give them the corn mark and you get a chaos sorcerer lord behind them and it works well. It's slow, but it works very well. Yeah, I think it's just like when we look at Slanesh and you're looking at the banner, you're getting a, a delivery mechanism. But certainly when you're using corn, you are getting much more raw power from the unit. Mm -hmm. that, that, Talking... that, that comment works well if you only have one unit, but if you have two units, you demonic power one and then you can just all out attack the corn one and then they're both on twos and twos. Yeah. So what what are your thoughts on the other damn legion? So um Phil mentioned hosted the ever chosen knights of the empty oh, sorry host knights ravengers cabalists were probably his favorites. Where do you stand on the damn legions and then why? What's your justification here? And by the way folks, the rally on hosted the ever chosen has been FAQ'd to the year 5. This is what's in the book. It's been eroded since. Yeah, I think the the one the one that is the most like plug and play, and you don't have to change how you build, and you just take the normal stuff is host the ever chosen. I think you'll see that the most, purely because the stuff that you're going to pick all the time will be rallying on a five, and you get an extra banner on them. So I think that's the one that you're going to see the most. Um, Ravages is really good with the current um, splintered fang builds, for obvious reasons. Um, they just come back to life. Um, <clears throat> Not sure about Kabbalists. I, I think that misses the mark for me. Um, we've already mentioned how the, the spell lore isn't great, in my opinion, at least anyway. Um, the spoilers, it, it feels like a, a bit of like a half-done faction for me because like I've mentioned a million times, I think you should have access to the spoilers only um, monstrous rampages. It's all about monsters and demonic demonic power and stuff, but there's no real benefit other than going, okay, just have two more wounds. You're just a bit, a bit tankier. Whereas they could have played around with some not crazy monstrous actions, but but simple ones that make it a little bit more fluffy. Um, we've spoke a bit about Legion initially, Coach, uh, so I won't go too far into that. But again, with Knights of the Empty Throne, if, if you want to play an army that's fully mounted, it is the go-to because you effectively get a mark of chaos in an allegiance ability by any, by being able to run in charge. So for me, host the ever chosen, ravages if you go that way. Uh, and knights are the ones that stand out. So same as Phil. I think the spoilers is very niche. If you don't have monsters, it's irrelevant. Kabbalist misses the mark for me. First Prince we've spoken about before, and then the other three are just sort of plug and play and do really well for what you want to build around. So talk to me about someone who loves their Varen guard. What's the <laughs> what's the benefit? Well, her has loved benefit the Varen guard for a long time. Yep. What's the difference in a Varengard heavy build between Knights of the Empty Throne and Host of the Ever Chosen? Because you get the five up rally. Um, I, don't, I, more... I think I think the FAQ stopped it affecting Varengard now, Coach. So I'm I'm fairly certain. I'll just pull it up as well, or you can pull it up while I speak. But I'm pretty confident that the, the FAQ took it away from rally and Varengard, so it's still just a six yeah. up for the Varengard. Right. Okay. So if that's, if that's if that's changed as well, because I haven't run Baron Guard yet, so I, I I don't think I've noticed that particular one. So mm -hmm. what I'm here uh, while I check that, what I'm hearing is if that is true, Knights of the Empty Throne is going to give you a better rally. So if you're doing the unit of six, um, or even a unit of nine, because they'd be battle line, uh, not that you probably would do nine Baron Guard. 
you would get the five up rally um, while hosted the ever chosen. Well, you can't even get a banner on your Varen guard. The banners are only for chosen knights and warriors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, chosen knights and warriors. So you, you don't get a banner on Varen guard, but th there is no benefit now to putting Varen guard in host the ever chosen. It doesn't. It doesn't affect nothing in that sub faction affects the unit the same way it does in Ravagers, Cabalists, the spoilers. So if you want to get benefits out of playing Varangard, then Knights Empty Throne makes sense because they can all run and charge because they're all mounted and you have access to a five at rally if you go that way. Um, because you, you get a general in, in that Varangard, but he's also not a hero, so can't have a command trait. So it is a little bit weird. Uh, it's almost like you're going to miss out on a command trait because your general has to have a command trait. And if, if your general can't have a command trait, you don't get one. Hmm. The little designer's note says the general cannot be given a command trait. Yes, so, yeah, I, I saw that before. So you lose a command trait. Yep. And we've already discussed some of them are okay. Um, you lose a command trait, you get a five at rally, and they can run and charge. But yeah, like, like someone mentioned in the, the chat, the fact that Ever Chosen doesn't affect Varangard in any way, shape, or form is is really sad because previously you had obviously the um, the circles, which were great. There was loads of buffs attached to playing Varangard in Ever Chosen. Like they got plus one to hit if Archeon's around. They are Archeon's boys and they did just get no benefit from being in that sub faction whatsoever. Anonymous, I'll hold that question because one of the lists that we're going to go through in a minute uh, is actually a, uh, a despoilers list. So uh, I won't ruin Christmas just yet. <laughs> um, really quickly, do you actually no skip it? Don't worry about it. I'm just going to go straight to your list. Don't worry about sure. the grand strategies and battle tactics. Like the okay. grand strats are okay. Well, um, do, you, do you want to give a quick thought? No, they're, they're just okay. I think you've already been that, over that, it. That was why fine. I thought like I'd skip it because I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. just fine. Uh, there's plenty of other battle tactics that work well in the book and outside of the book anyway. So yeah, they're just they're just fine. Um, yeah, we can we can skip we can skip this coach. Nothing crazy about them. Do you assume you go to a tournament that is only uh, grand strategies from this book? And mm. again, we don't obviously know what the new the new general's handbook is going to bring. What's your favorite grand strat from these from this list? <laughs> I, I think they're really tough. <laughs> I think a dominating presence probably, but even that's going to be a stretch because you don't have that many units. Um, Masters of the Dark Rituals are relevant because I'm not going to play with any of the spells. <laughs> the what, are your thoughts, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts on endless spells from Slaves to the Darkness? Because you got Master of the Dark Ritual. Yep. Um, so first, obviously, you've got to have the endless spell at the end of the game, which is a challenge in itself. But second of all, I haven't really seen a lot of Slaves to Darkness people taking Slaves Endless Spells. No, uh, and the reason for that is because historically the spells at the Chaos Sorcerer were so... He had so such limited spell cast numbers and the spells he cast were such high value, you didn't have the spare cast. So he was just casting what he had to cast. And I think that's still the case. If you take two, one's going to be Mystic Shielding and one's going to be Demonic Powering, and that's basically where it stops. Or... Like you said, you have the 3D6 charge on one and, and one's demonic power. And, and and unfortunately, that's kind of where it stops. And then if you think about them, okay, maybe Archeon's got spare cast, but he already costs 860 points. You don't really want to make him more expensive. The, the end of the spells are okay. They're not great. Um, they're okay. And I just think that you're so limited with spell cast, you, you never really can, can shoehorn them in, in my opinion, at least anyway. I think I think of the endless spells, the eightfold doom sigil is probably my favorite of the three. Like yeah, I just feel I feel the demon rift is just underwhelming. The realm scourge rapture is okay, 
it's i think it's the eightfold doom sigil uh, you know keep it keep a track of the number of models that are slain within 12 inches of the end of the spell at the end of the turn um you basically uh, roll some dice on a three up the player whose turn picks a slave to darkness unit within 18 and one to do that characteristic of melee weapons uh, until the until that player's um next hero phase so it's not a bad little buff um uh, while you look at it and you give me your thoughts, when is the full release of the book? We don't know. Uh, we saw it was a summer release. They actually haven't given it. My, If I was making an educated guess, it would be mid-January. That'd be my educated guess, you know, trying to get your Christmas money. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll give the battle box air to breathe and hopefully sell and then maybe release it after Christmas um, and then maybe Gits and Beats of Chaos are like, sometime in february if not early march that'd be that'd be my educated guess mm -hmm. yeah um for me the reason why i think that's really bad in the spell coach and maybe you can tell me otherwise you don't get a buff until the next turn so yes. your opponent can just dispel it after you've summoned it got the buff and then they dispel it and then it's gone so uh, i don't know but but it's but it is forcing your opponent to use a resource that is unbind or dispel. Yeah. So true, true, so it is. So if you get enough kills around it, it's going to force them to try to get rid of it, which is one less spell that they're going to cast. And you know, like it's an additional boost. Like if it goes off, it goes off. But it, your, my my strategy isn't built around the doom sigil triggering and giving me more attacks like i really i really yeah, want to smash someone hard and if there's any resources left or maybe it actually might force my opponent to stay away from me like oh i don't want to i don't want to get hit again by those chosen with an extra attack uh i'll just stay clear of it and then i'm keeping my my models around a little longer yeah it, it that is true i just think the buff you get of an extra attack after you've already fought is a bit weird in my opinion anyway because you want to have the book, I, I, you want to have the book before you fight, right? Not after you fight. I'm just saying, of all the three slaves to darkness yeah. endless spells, yeah. it is my favorite. But I'm not rushing out to go buy that box right now because it's the, the cheapest uh, as well. Oh yeah, four, well there you go, points, there you so. go. But do you give up a triumph for it? I don't think so, <laughs> personally. But hey yeah, get, well, well, actually, there you go. There's another good thing, right? Like you, we, we've been talking about corn versus slanesh all all episode. Yeah, true. If I go if I go for the um for the uh, plus one to wound triumph, that's a way for me to get the the speedy delivery of Slanesh and still getting that once per game plus one to wound. Do it when it really matters. Yep, it's, um, it's, it's a once once per game combiner, really, isn't it, coach? At that point, and you really only want to get like one, maybe two really hard combats because you hopefully want to delete it with the amount of attacks and damages and buffs. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, but, but yeah. Um, I'm gonna skip this. I think they're they're obvious. Chaos yep. Warband is okay. Uh, Overlords only really works if you're doing host of the not host of the ever chosen knights of the empty throne. We've already talked about Varangarda. Okay, okay, but um, you do you. What I want to talk about is a list. So okay. List, list number one is your host of the ever chosen list. You've got yourself a Nurgle Demon Prince. Uh, you've also bolstered by Chaos Conqueror's Crown. You've also got Nurgle Chaos Sorcerer Lord, Binding Damnation. Another one, same thing, Binding Damnation. Yep. You've got two units of 10 Chaos Chosen Nurgle with banner. Um, mm -hmm. Is that a mistake? Well, there's two banners. What's the. Because uh, I'm host, host, the, host the ever chosen. Get two banners, right? Oh, sorry. I'm 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 going blind. One is a noble <laughs> banner. One is yeah. a corn banner. 
Um, then you've got I'm going I'm going I'm going blind. Uh, you got 20, 20 chaos warriors with the with Nurgle marked no banner, yep. Yep. Um, and then you've got two units of Corpus Caval um, at a minimum unit size. This is battle reg. So it's one drop, one hundred and twenty wounds. What's the deal with this? How does it work? What's the mm -hmm. synergies and so and all the good this stuff? this would really struggle to play eight objectives. That's a disclaimer straight away. Um, but at the minute, the the thought process is. The Demon Prince, the the Sorcerer Lords above the Chosen. The Warriors are in front of the Chosen initially, so they stop the Alpha. Um, and then the Corvus Cabal can Deep Strike at the back, which is something that was missing 100% from the Slaves book before. Um, being able to turn free, go, okay, this is the board state now. I can put the Corvus Cabal over there. You can do Desecrate. You can do Break... break uh, the one in enemy territory, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, the two, yeah. two, it doesn't matter. It's going to be done in a month's time. Yeah, but you can do those two pretty, pretty simply with them as well. Um, and the theory is the chosen do the heavy lifting, um, and the warriors are just there to stick around. That's the theory with this. Um, and it does work really well. The chosen do tend to blend what they want to blend, but they die a lot faster than I thought they would. Um, I've played with, I played against fire slayers, iron jaws, etc. And it is a little bit touch and go sometimes, but the theory is with the two sorcerer lords. One of them just Mystic Shields, the the Nurgle unit, <clears throat> uh, or the Corn unit doesn't really matter which one. So the Nurgle unit becomes even more difficult to kill because it's reducing rend by one, reducing wounds by one, and plus one save. And then the Corn one gets demonic power, or, or vice versa. So that one becomes e even more fighty in combat. So plus one attack on the charge, and all of a sudden they're going to be twos to hit, twos to wound. They're already twos to wound because of the banner, but twos to hit, twos to wound in combat. So the Corn one fighty the nurgle one specifically a bit more tanky and they do they go and support where the warriors aren't basically that's the theory behind it surprising that you put the nurgle banner on the chosen instead of the warriors most people have gone 20 warriors nurgle banner mm -hmm. what made you go with the chosen with the banner the reason why i've not put the banner on the warriors is because if if you deploy them in a certain way you can actually not be used but make better use of the rally the five at rally in the ever chosen whereas if if they have the banner they're going to die slower so you won't effectively get as good a use of the rally and the warriors for me are there to just just slow people down and, and get in the way they're not really there to be a big investment and stick around forever whereas i want my chosen to live those noble children to live as long as humanly possible and by reducing rend by one that's definitely going to help yeah yeah so that they're, true. they're there to be able to take the hit and i think it works well with you know the the fighting twice but fighting last it helps them take a hit so there's more people fighting the second time they fight obviously you can't have two nurgle banners so you can't have that effect twice but being able to fight twice but but last is if they live a little bit longer then you get more effective use out of the fight twice at the end of combat if that makes sense yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. Actually, actually, I, I thought you were crazy at first. I'm like, no, 20, 20 Chaos Warriors, Nurgle Banner is like the, the perfect combo. Mm -hmm. But I think you've made a good point. Like, you know, if you're going in with two units of Chosen, they are a lot of points going in. You can make them much more durable by giving it a Nurgle Banner with three wounds apiece, you know, and if you are going to use the fight last, I think that it's the fight last. If they were just average Joes and there was no double fighting, sure i i think you're slightly a little crazy but the fact that you can be more durable between a attack sequence one and attack sequence two i don't i don't actually don't mind that i actually don't mind that at all 
on, on top of it as well, you're never going to be able to fight with them both at the same time. So in your turn, you have to decide which one's going to fight first. So it makes the decision a little bit easier when you know one unit's not going to get hammered quite as hard and the unit with the corn buffs that are less durable but have more damage can fight first and you're a little bit safer in the knowledge that the Nova unit's not going to take as a massive hit. Another consideration I just had, and it's only a short-term benefit because, again, the new General's Handbook's coming, but the Corpus Caval actually could be really helpful for things like the Proving Ground Mm-hmm. And um, because being because they are current, they're GVs currently. So, yep. um, being GVs, they'd be able to jump into a proving ground. They can um, they can help you score some of the other battle tactics um, that are GV only. So, I think in addition to the deep striking, the other battle tactics, um, and they're just a, such a cheap points allocation that they they do mm-hmm. a lot of good trading up. They do, but you, you have highlighted the biggest weakness of the list, and it is the fact that they're all Galician veterans, so they are going to be ha- hampered pretty hard by bounty hunters. That's something unfortunate, but it's it's the case, I'm afraid. And hopefully in the new Jones Handbook, if that's gone, the list will be considerably better because that's not there anymore. And that's a consideration as well, right, is that technically this book is not tournament legal. Now, obviously, each tournament and, and game store can run it differently, but the way Games Workshop has ruled it is that their events and a lot of other events are kind yeah. of following suit. It's because, the same in the UK, yeah. Because, you know, the app's not updated, so it's old rules. Um, yeah. Only a certain amount of people have this particular book, so it does create issues. So the way they've done it is until it's on general release, so really not until January, which is really new General's Handbook, Um so by then we can only assume and hope that GVs, bounty hunters, proving grounds will all disappear. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I think warriors are actually a really big victim of bounty hunters because the fact they've got two wounds it effectively halves their usefulness if you're playing against bounty hunters because all of a sudden they might as well just have one, which is a massive shame. But as soon as that's gone, they'll they'll be way more durable. Way much, which is probably why the Nurgle banner we on on Nurgle warriors is Stands so important now. because yeah. because with bounty hunters right now, if you can reduce the amount of attacks going in, and if you save stack with the sorcerer lord using oracular vision, giving them all that defense, mm-hmm. then it's really hard to put a wound on them. And if they do, you got the five up rally. Yeah, I think that one of the one of the only well, not only, but one of the glaring weaknesses for me with chosen when I was actually looking at them was no mortal wound save. Um. Because you'd like to think that they have all, I mean, they have no rune shield, which is the first obvious one, because the mortal wound save comes from the rune shield. But you'd like to think they'd have some kind of like rune infused armor or something because they're the chosen of, of chaos. But but no, unfortunately not. So they are still susceptible to mortal wounds, which is a shame. Yeah, and, and I, I do agree. I think if, if you only have the warriors, um, I also completely agree that it's huge value to put the banner on the warriors. I think that that Nurgle banner can be interchangeable. Um, for my purposes, I want the children to live as long as possible because they're, they're the only thing that does the damage in the list. So, another unit that I, I think about in this particular list, and it's something that I haven't seen a lot of people use because it's good on paper, but I think you just run out of points and it gets dropped really quickly. I really like the chariots, especially like the Gorby's chariots. And I'm mm-hmm. like, there's something in Gorby's chariots. I don't know what, and I don't know if it's to support like you're going up the board. Um, <laughs> you, you bring up you're trying to bring up why i like it no um, no I'm, I'm just looking at the, the chosen no they don't they don't have a six award no they, they'll get oracular visions but that's it so no yeah, six yeah. award building sorry i i agree with the chariots by the way do agree 
Yeah, cool. Yeah, I think they, they did some good play with the chariots. But um, anything else you'd actually talk about with the host of the Ever Chosen list? I think I think it's great. It's solid. You've brought out some interesting points as well. Um, we've talked a little bit about the Demon Prince, and um, you've made your argument on like Chaos Knights. And look, you know, you do you. If you want to do more warriors, you want to flop the banner. You want to add knights in, or Varengard instead of Chosen. But I, I like the structure and some of the thinking behind, especially like the cha the Chosen with Nurgle banner. I haven't seen anyone really talking about that. I'd, I'd, the, the biggest issue with the list is that it's it's all Gilly from veterans, so bounty hunters really hurts it. So if you if you come up against a guy with if if it is legal at the same time who's playing fire slayers, which I do a lot, fire slayers, bounty hunter, and banquet roughs, it's it's pretty bad news because all of a sudden everything just does multiple damage and it's tough. And as is already called out in the chat as well, they're relatively slow. There's not there's not a lot of um, speed in what you've got here at the moment. No, no. But if 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 you do play the three objective missions, you are deciding who goes first or second because you, you you're a battle regiment, right? So you can make your opponent go first and have to move closer to you, and all of a sudden the gap's a little bit smaller. Yeah, it, it does depend ultimately. Like again, the next general's handbook. How many battle plans are they going to be? What's the gap between us? Uh, how many objectives are they activated in turn one, or are they mm -hmm. activated over time? And because sometimes there are some ones where you need to get from one side of the board really quickly. Um, and in this case, this is a, a liability. You want some Covers Cabal. Yes, yes, but later in the game, it, could, yeah. it can be hard. But yeah. then again, if, if if those if we're back into some of the older ones where it's like four or five objectives and they're all relatively central, then yeah. that's not an issue. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent right, Daniel. If you wanted to make those chaos chosen, um, Slanesh with a banner, and then the warriors and Nurgle on their own, and just they're just the ones who take the hit and take the brunt, and both chosen are a little bit more killy. Hundred percent. I don't think it's. I don't think you have to have Nurgle and Khan chosen. I think you, there is definitely a strong argument for Slanesh chosen. And 100%. and that's why we're just proposing ideas and you take what you want or one yeah. idea. And this is an idea that I don't think anyone's had in the internet except you, <laughs> you you mad lad. Yeah. Uh, you're, you've gone in with just spoilers. Uh, mm -hmm. You've got the Nurgle Demon Prince, very similar. I got the Conqueror's Crown, and you get the plus two wound <laughs> and being a monster because you're the spoilers. Yeah. You've got your Chaos Sorcerer Lord with the Arch Sorcerer being the general to have access to all the spells. You've gone three units of Corpus Caval. You've got yourself a unit of 10 Nurgle, Nurgle chosen with the banner. And then you've got two Corn Soul Grinders, two Nurgle Soul Grinders. Mm -hmm. um, there is there is a world where you just drop that chaos sorcerer lord, make them all corn and have a blood secretor, but I don't think that's going to last long. So that's that's why I've not done that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, <clears throat> what the hell's going on here? The issue what is the, 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 issue, the issue is deployment. Putting four hundred and sixty mil bases into a deployment is is a little bit tricky at times. But the theory is the theory is um, the soul grind. We've we spoke about soul grinders before. Um, they are Difficult to deal with from an opponent's point of view. They do a decent amount of damage. Uh, they, sh they shoot very well. Um, and the Soul Grinders trudge up the board at the side, two on each side. The Nurgle Chosen go up the middle. The Corvus Cabal deep strike where they need to be turn free. Um, and then it's just a big block of death with four Soul Grinders and ten Chosen just moving forward. It's almost like what, what do they used to call them in 40k in fantasy? Um, death Stars, pretty much. But it's a big Death Star because um, Soul Grinders take up a lot of space. 
And we talked a little bit earlier at the top of the show. I assume some people might have joined us late or they might not have remembered them, the amazingness that is this Soul Grinder. <laughs> is that w- when you're buying a Soul Grinder for 230 points, you're not grabbing a pure death monster. No. You are grabbing uh, a, an area of denial because it's such a large board presence. Yeah. You mentioned earlier about if you sit it on the, the middle of an objective, you cannot get onto the objective without being in combat, which I think yeah. um, has some interesting uses. It's base wound of 18 on a four-up save, and within um, the spoilers, it goes to 20 wounds. So yep. 20 wounds for 230 points, a movement of base of 12. It has shooting and combat with some good rend and some good damage. The ability to run and still shoot. Mm-hmm. All, all for the price of 230 points. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I'd do four in my list, but I definitely would be considering one. I think if I've got 200, 230 or 50 points, I'm like, do I do a unit of chosen? Do I do a, do a soul grinder? There's actually some things in here. I think um, the the soul grinders, two soul grinders is, is 10 knights, right? So you could drop two soul grinders and put 10 knights in and, and that would also be fine. I think I've doubled down on the soul grinders purely purely just to take as much advantage of the spoilers as possible. Like I've already said, if there was a, a monstrous action, it would be a lot better because you're obviously just limited to, to raw, stomp, and then titanic jewel. Um, but I, I think that they are very good for the points. W- would this list win a tournament? I'm not sure, coach, but I think it would be difficult to deal with for quite a lot of people. People say that Gargants will struggle, this will struggle against Gargants. I don't necessarily think that's entirely true because the threat of the Corvus Cabal means they can't run away from the objectives, really. Otherwise, they're going to have to turn around and go back. Um, yes, don't get me wrong. They probably can kill a Soul Grinder in one round of combat, um, but they only get to fight with one. And there's decent shooting, which will which will hurt them as well. Um I think there's 24 shots that are going to be force threes minus one one, and there's four shots that are going to be force threes minus two three. It's not going to kill a gargant with shooting, but no, I, I think I think it'll be okay into, into gargants generally. Um, but yeah, that you need to have the Corvus Cabal on a list like this, otherwise you are just stuck where you are basically. How come you didn't go with like a Chaos Sorcerer Lord or Manticore or a Chaos Lord or Manticore, being that they are also monsters instead of the Demon Prince? Or just generally, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you drop a soul grinder to get one in, like you know, what? Why was there not one of these type heroes in the list? Like, what was the thinking? Um, I, I just, I just thought that the soul grinders would would just better value in terms of the output they can bring compared to one of those heroes, honestly. And I think that the the source lord on foot is so important to chosen purely because of um, demonic power or mystic shield. That you, uh, and oracular visions that you probably always need to kill a sorcerer lord on foot. That was that was definitely the case in the old book, and I think it probably is still the case now. Yeah, exactly. Seal team Corvus Cabal, hundred percent. I do think, especially now with my new hindsight, so my new like foresight of Gits and Beasts of Chaos getting a new book, should they become popular? I I, I am still high on the Chaos Lord on Manticore with its Winds of yeah, Chaos and 100%. that Horde clearing spell. I think that to me gets me and and uh it's a single caster it uh that's that's the problem though coach like the spell is amazing but it is a single cast and you're paying so many points for that wizard so many points for that wizard yeah i I think the the spell is really good though but it's casting value eight there's no buffs to that 
Yes, that that the casting value of eight and not having a natural plus one means you're hugging faction terrain to get a fifty. Sorry, you're hugging arcane terrain just to get like a 50-50 chance of getting it off. So it's the heroic action, right? That's what you need to do. You have to you have to get the heroic action off to do three. Oh, the three cast. the the yeah the three d six cast. Yeah, but again, like then you you're not getting a CP. You're not doing finest hour. You're not uh, healing. Yeah, um, I, I, I can tell and draw on power. Like people said, is is a good a good shout with the source lord of Manicor. I just I don't know. I, I don't think he's killy enough. I, I don't know. I play I played with the chaos Social lord of Manicor at Worlds, um, and all he did was stand at the back and cast spells. So I thought to myself, well, why is he just not one on foot? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and no. it, it's a good, a good, a good argument to put one in for a raw or a stomp, but you've already got five of them with the demon prince and, and the and the four soul grinders. Look, I, I, for those guys in chat, I, I don't think this is going to be the list that's going to win tournaments. I think it's just an interesting list which will cause a lot of problems to a lot of people. It's it's yeah. Look, I chal I challenge Toby, especially because I've already had one chat already. I want a different again. This is not about the take this list and run it to your next tournament and you're about to go five and zero. Oh. It's a way to look at the list. We've already had again that the the fill chat was heavily towards knights and warriors. That is been discussed. Archeon, no Archeon, hordes of cultists or not. I think there's some really and that's why I mentioned the Gorbeast Chariot. I think. There's a lot of units that I think have some really good use. It's just we're not talking about them yet. Um, you know, you don't have a war altar, war, war, shrine, a war, war shrine, shrine. Like there's still a lot of good units that we haven't talked about. And I feel like my experience of Cities of Sigma is really important here because early on, Cities of Sigma, everyone was all about um, Hammer Hall and fighting twice. I think Jack Armstrong might have led the charge there. But then, you know, three, four, five months later, we started to see um, people actually really unlock the value of Tempest Eye and Hallow Heart and yep. some of the other builds. That And then obviously Living City, it took ages for people to find Living City and get the value out of Living City. And I do wonder if Slaves of Darkness is the same. The obvious is Host of the Everchosen, yep. the Five Up Rally, the Extra Banner, super obvious. I, I, think, I, think, as we start I think you're right, Coach. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I, th I think you're right. I think... Everyone jumped straight away on knights. I think knights are great. Um, same, I think all of the go-to battle line are great. So the, the warriors chosen knights. I think there will be a cocktail, a perfect cocktail of what you should have and lists of little bits that do certain things. But I, I think there's there's so much, so much potential with the book and so many different ways of unlocking that potential that you are right. The dust needs to settle before we know what is going to be the best the best way to play. Yeah, I, I do see a world where chariots come back on the table. And I, I, I can't wait to see what the ally options are going to be because I think that's going to really unlock some secret source. I, I, I do think Cockatrice is definitely a great ally. And Sigvold, I've mentioned earlier, but there's a lot more allies that we really haven't unlocked just yet. Bjorn uh, asking, why wouldn't you go Cabalist? I think generally the idea is that it's just not worth it. Like the spell law isn't strong enough. And in a list like that, you're better off getting the extra wounds and uh, making the demon prince a monster than getting a, a couple of extra casts on a one cast wizard that yeah. spell law is okay. It's it's a, it's a shame because you're unlocking an, an allegiance ability to cast. I don't actually know. I think you get an extra spell from the law, but you just want to cast this war scroll spell anyway. So you kind of get an extra spell from the law to be able to cast this. But I, I don't know. Yeah, that that is true about painting the soul grinders. Um, I've got two already, and it is a slog. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, does that work? A cockatrice being a monster is it? A, is it? Lo is Ravengers locked to slaves to darkness? 
Um, I, d- I don't. I'm pretty confident you won't be no. able to get more. Uh, it's, it's the spoilers monster. It's the spoilers monster. So yeah. uh, because they're not coalition, they're allies. They don't become. Um, they don't become the spoilers. So no, you wouldn't get plus two on the cockatrice or no. any allied things. Um, that'd be fun. Imagine an extra two wound cockatrice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I, originally I was like, "Oh my god, Arkham can have twenty-seven wounds," and I realized, obviously, no, he can't because he's host the ever chosen. So yeah, yeah, I think we might have made that mistake when Phil was talking. He got a little bit excited, he had a little bit of jet lag, and I think he might have had that idea, but like, no, yeah, he cannot. Yeah, and and pe- people are right. Um, that it really has put stuff in the spotlight and changed things around. I think good internal balance is what everybody wants, but it's also what nobody wants because you don't know what to play because everything's got a, got an opportunity. Whereas some people just like, okay, these are the best units. I will play these. Like a, a great example is Dragons and the uh, Vanguard Raptors, right? They were the two that stood out massively in the, in the Stormcast book. Everybody played them competitively and that was it. Whereas with this, it's not quite as obvious as that. And there's a lot of, a lot of scope. And you even mentioned Slaughter Brutes and yeah. The fact that we can have a discussion about Slaughter Brutes seriously it means the book is in a really good place. If I said Slaughter Brutes 12 months ago, people would have laughed at me. But <laughs> as I read grinder. the wars, I mean, yeah, I mean, I played a Soul Grinder in first edition and I killed it with my f- free guild guard. <laughs> but other than that, like, I've never been that impressed. But now it's like, okay, you're at the right pro- points and you got the right abilities that actually you are worth considering. And mm. uh, as an independent threat piece with a massive board presence, for 200 points like okay there could be something yeah. here yeah or like two two on the flanks and more balances two on the flanks that just stand on the points and you can't physically get the points back until you take the tall grinder off it's a big investment to, to take a 20 wound model with minus one to wound off the board because they're going to fight you back and they don't lose any combat output really they just lose the attacks on the piston driven legs so that the hellforge claw and the and the demon Bone talent still going to be the same. The shooting will remain relatively similar as well. So, I don't, beyond, I, I don't. I'm not saying that it's mediocre. It's just okay. When I look at the spell law, it's like when I look at the spell law, there is some interesting things. Like I'll bring it up. Like there is some interesting spells in the spell law, but it's not like there's a couple of spells that I've got to get off, and that's so important to my success. Right? Like demonic speed is the obvious one. That's probably the strongest in my opinion. You look at ruinous vigor um you can fight at the top of the monster bracket okay sure i mean obviously with like archaeon or something yeah absolutely that makes complete sense but not in the type of list we've just shown um uh, chaos chaotic conduct with the eyes of the god we just talked earlier about it's okay but your inconsistency with the eyes of the gods again i wouldn't personally invest the spite tongue curse it's a decent spell but if it's unbound my wizard's going to take three mortal wounds. Yeah. So it's a high, high risk, high reward. Um, and then Binding Damnation, that's not bad. But the problem with Binding Damnation for me is it's range 12. It's a little bit too short for my liking. I would definitely like it if it was range 18. That's how I look at the spell law. I don't know if you agree or disagree, Toby, but that's kind of, for me, how I think about the spell law. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Demonic Speed, it picks itself if you've got, mounted units and then fighting last is good and the rest are just like you've already mentioned just a bit okay yeah yeah it, when you when you consider this, some of the other spell laws out there i know obviously cinches is meant to be around casting but and they've got 12 spells but there's so much uniqueness and difference in their their cast whereas these are all just a bit vanilla in my opinion anyway yeah and like in the discussion with phil where phil's got a lot of knights 
demonic speed value just increases, especially with corn, because you need that consistent delivery mechanism in Slanesh. I don't need it as much. Mm. Um, Finding so, damnation. Go on. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Something else to bear in mind as well is if if Spike and Curse and Chaotic Conduit were on the War Scrolls and then all of a sudden demonic power and then the Horde clearing spell were in the law, we'd be talking about how this is the best law in the game. So don't lose sight of the fact that on the War Scrolls, they do have incredible spells. Yeah. Because yeah. the value of the law goes down if the war score spells is so high anyway. So don't don't we're not we're not saying say to that as casting's rubbish because it's not because the war score spells are actually super effective. Yeah, and like I love uh, and like I love spiked Kung cursed, for example. It's a casting value of three mm -hmm. that's super cheap, but it's high risk. Yeah, if if nobody has a, if nobody has an unbinder, you're playing against someone like Fire Slayers or something like that. It's amazing because you just go in there three mortal wounds every time consistently. But if you're playing against if you're playing against Zinch Seraphon, you're never going to cast it because the threat of it being unbound is so high that you're just going to take three mortal wounds every time. So you're probably better yeah. off using Arcane Bolt in that instance. That's why I that's why I say that the spell lore is okay. It's not yeah. great. It's not crap. It's just okay. Yeah, and unfortunately, nine times out of ten, your Chaos Social Lord's going to cast Demonic Power, so it doesn't really matter too much. I'm taking the Sorcerer Lord on foot because I want Oracular Vision. I want some of the other things on it. Uh, I'm not doubling down. And because, again, there's so many great spellcasting armies at the moment, Zanj, Seraphon, Lumineth, you know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of good spellcasting armies. There's not a lot of native boosts, and I'm relying on Arcane Terrain, and, like, that's... It's one more thing I'm, I need to worry about when really my strategy is I get either corn, Nurgle, Slanish marked, and how that interacts. Yeah, I think if if the Zinch mark was just plus one to cast, then sure, but it's not. If if it was plus one to cast, or you can cast an extra spell. Now we're cooking with gas. Yeah, or if if the command ability was cast an extra spell, you know how the command abilities do do the spell. If it was yeah. just, you can cast another spell this turn, then sure. But it, yeah, I don't know. Just, yeah. just my no, 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 no. You're right. I think that's what's missing is like it's like okay, but it's not uh, the zinch stuff is just not a situation I find myself in often at a tournament that I need the six up spell shrug, the four up ward against shooting, like. Mm. Yeah, and and again, uh, this is. Maybe I'm being greedy because the book is the book is genuinely amazing, but ha having some kind of prayer table would have been great as well because really like doubling down on the the pray into the dark gods theme would have been great because I think that was a theme in the previous book with the spoilers they had their own prayers they had the the uh, sorry idolaters they had the idolated chariot lord didn't they and that's that's yes. gone now for all intents and purposes so having having a list where there was even a priest on foot maybe a new model priest on foot would have been great and a little a little prayer table but i am just wishlisting now <laughs> there is so no. much great great stuff in the book but it would have been, it would have been good to have that because the the order counterpart have it don't they in, in terms of stormcast eternal so look i think if one thing's lacking for me it's decent shooting yeah. i think that's if, if i was if i was wishlisting honestly and the one thing that i'm, I'm why i'm looking at my ally pool is because I need shooting. And again, if I'm using Slanesh or Nurgle and I want to deliver a you know, plus one hit, plus one attack, plus one whatever, I don't want to hit chaff screens because more and more people are taking chaff screens now. And I need to be able to clear those and quickly. And I need something that's going to keep up with the speed of my army. So again, yeah. whether it is Bliss Barbs, 
whether that is cockatrice, whether it is, I don't know, a hell cannon. Like I just need some, some good, decent shooting. So my stuff gets into what I need it to get into. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree. That's always been the, the sort of like Achilles heel of, of Slaves to Darkness and it is still the Slaves, the, the Achilles heel, so to speak. And we actually talked about that earlier in the, in the show. Um, we talked that in a team's tournament, yeah, a Zinch banner would be great in a team's format, but in a traditional one, one-on-one tournament where it's just like anything goes, it's a risk. Yeah. Somebody mentioned earlier as well, um, how, how do you get the minus one to win on the soul grinders? They do have the mark of the gods keyword so they can choose whichever mark they want. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I look, I think there's a lot of great, uh, another reason to consider the soul grinder. Yeah, absolutely. Again, minus, you know, market market. Yeah. 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 But like the shoot, the shooting's not good enough. Like it's good to snipe and oh, actually, no, it's not too bad. Actually. It's yep. actually not a bad attack profile and it's got movement 12. Mm-hmm. All right. Toby, this has been awesome. I have enjoyed this discussion a lot. Is there anything we want to kind of go over? Any final thoughts that maybe you haven't been able to share just yet? Again, again, this is such a deep book that um, I've talked to you and I've talked to Phil and I could talk to, like I know Tubbs um, in the UK has been playing a little bit of uh, Kabbalist and um, I'm sure there's other people who are building around different parts and I'm, I'm mindful of things like the FAQ. This is early thinking. So, you know, a lot of people have gone like splintered fang. I'm a bit cautious of that strategy. I'm also cautious of the fact that General's Handbook is coming. So if you don't own anything just yet or you're building your force, build what you like. Mm-hmm. Don't chase the meta because I think you'll be disappointed pretty quickly when the meta shifts or um, it's FAQ'd. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really good advice. I think people picking up slaves get the stuff that looks cool to you right now because we have no idea how things are going to lie. Like coaches pointed out, we're waiting for a full book FAQ that could ruin people's days. It could make people's days better. And we're waiting for a new general's handbook realistically. So we have no idea which way the wind's going to blow when, when that all comes out. So buy, buy what's cool, paint what's cool, paint your favorite models and then see what happens. Yeah. And I think slaves of the darkness is the type of army that you can be here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And like the horns of Hashet, like, you know, Sure, bring back the the, the, the <laughs> bring bring back the the what are they called the oath breakers now? They'll come. Yeah. They'll be Le- Legion eventually. Legion of Asgore, yeah. And yeah, the, uh, the oath. Chaos Dwarfs, all that stuff. Bring them back. But Toby, is there anything else that you want to share? Um again, I'm conscious of time, but don't think so. I, I'm just really disappointed that my favorite army Knights the Empty Throne is dead in the water as it as it was. Um and Chaos Sorcerer Lords are no longer the best unit in the game, point for point for the buffs, but they probably shouldn't be because they were pretty obnoxious last time. So it's less dead than Legion of the First Prince. So I'd want to pull <laughs> one out for my homies. It's funny actually, in my Discord, I said to the crew, because I've got a separate Legion of the First Prince chat, and I'm like is it time to retire this chat? And they're like, no, we're still alive. I'm like, no, you're not. No, nah, you're not. Nah, nah, which is unfortunate, but it's it's all about mortals now and, and about Bellacor and his undivided stuff. So, yeah. Games Workshop, if you're listening to this, bring back Legion of the First Prince. Like, honestly, yep. like, like we talked about this. Well, like, we talked about this earlier um, offline is for me, 40K has the soup demon army. And if I'm trying to convince the Age of Sigma community to grow and I want to bring in 40K people to maybe dip their toes in the water, what better way than with an existing force? There's no other force in 40K that I can literally pick up and shift. And it's a nice way to introduce them to the game. And maybe they'll stay a little longer. So if you're not going to do it in Legion of the First Prince, give me a new battle tome in the new year. 
that is demon soup chaos demons yeah yep completely agree bring it back legion of the first prince r.i.p 21 to 22 i'll need to get a tombstone <laughs> yeah and we, we said off off camera as well that that's kind of what put me on the scene playing first prince as well so I, i've got a lot of love for first prince in my heart but yeah unfortunately first prince and that's empty throwing a gun now so i need to find something else pretty yeah. fast but yeah just uh yeah well i'm glad you stuck with it um toby if people want to chat to you i put your twitter handle below uh, mm -hmm. any shout outs anything that you want to wrap this up with um yeah just um good luck to the rest of the team england boys at six nations today um as of right now they'll be in round number four did really well yesterday so hopefully they can wrap that up and bring it home again um shout out to the gaff boys who are also in a team event in manchester at element games um and yeah um i occasionally catch me on Hellstorm Wargaming on YouTube as well, but my Twitter handle is below. So if anyone's got any comments, feel free to get in touch. Please. And you've been very responsive, great person that I've spoken to for a long time now. And someone, the minute that I got, the minute the leaks came out with this book, <laughs> I reached out to you like six months ago and I said, yeah, I want you on the channel. So I'm glad that I yeah. finally got Toby. You've, you've done incredibly well in the tournament scene. You're doing very well with slaves. And I hope between this discussion and the big field discussion, you find something of value to help you on your way because it is a book, a deep book. It's a rich book. Um, it is an easy way to be chasing your tail. Literally half this discussion is you and me going at it between corn and slanesh. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah. Like we've yeah. literally both gone at it. And I think it's great that there's two viable builds mm -hmm. literally with the same list. Let alone 100%. we start layering things and allies and yeah. Yeah. And, and also just thanks for having me coach. Uh, it's really good to be here. I've been watching your deep dives for a long time uh, and it's nice to, to be on the, the other side and, and being the guy speaking about it. So yeah, thanks for having me on as well. Well, let me, let me say to everyone listening to this, please let us know in the comment section, one, how amazing Toby is, but two, what are your <laughs> thoughts? Because I think we're all as a team together, um, thinking about this book, trying to work it out, trying to work out the combinations. And what really helped us in Cities of Sigma was talking about the pros and cons, talking about the allegiance ability to spells, the combinations, the units we can draw in and what works best. And that helped us all learn together. So my advice is get involved, whether it's on a WhatsApp, whether it's in Discord, it's in the comment section. Let us know what you're thinking. And then who knows? Maybe I'll pick you out for another episode, but more importantly, maybe I'll just steal your ideas and claim it was mine, like Sigvold and the War Shrine. Yeah. It's not my yeah. idea. Someone said it to me in Discord. They're like, you should do this. I'm like, yes. Yes, I yeah. should. I looked at the rules. I'm like, yeah, this is bloody good. This yeah. That's... Really good. <laughs> All right. All right, cool. Your your headset your headset's fallen off. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> um, thank you again, and yeah, uh, no like and subscribe and all that stuff. Toby, you're a legend. Peace. Thanks, mate. Thanks for hanging around until the end. I hope you enjoyed that video and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would love it if you pressed like on the video as well as left me a comment to let me know what your thoughts are. The conversation will continue over on Discord, and the link is down below in the video description. I want to give a massive shout out as well to the AOS Coach Patreons and YouTube members who are going in and the funds are supporting the channel and the growth that you're seeing here. So cheers, you're all bloody legends. And until next time, don't roll a one on a redeploy.